You're listening to Football Friday Night On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with high school football scores, updates, and news by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. That game And Jeff and El Paso hate uh, El Paso high. We have Adrian brought us on the line. I understand, Angel. Let's get out to Adrian now in our 915 Tours Game of the Week. Adrian. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. 11.45 left here in the first quarter. Off the opening kickoff, Eastlake wide receiver, freshman that is, Juan Solis, returned the opening kickoff for 84 yards for a touchdown to open the game up for the Falcons. They're now ahead 7 to nothing against the Cougars. So, again, 11.45 left here in the first quarter. Eastlake, 7, Franklin, nothing. Well, Paul, that's a good way to start the game off, return it <laughs> for a touchdown on the opening kickoff. So Eastlake up 7-zip over Franklin, that game just underway. Let's talk about uh, San Eli and Riverside. You know, Riverside having a good year, 6-1 and one on the season. It looks like uh, they're the cream of the crop over in the, in the 4A Division One, 1-0 in district. Yeah, the big game for them is going to be uh, the Austin Panthers. I believe that one's in a, in a week. Uh, again, If we're uh, just like we're talking about, Andrews Kenny Teo tonight is maybe for the di- district title. Austin Riverside in a week, uh, pretty much the same. Remember Angel Munoz, uh, the quarterback, the star quarterback for Riverside, did not play a week ago in their district opener, but uh, the other studs stepped up. Jose Guardado ran for more than a couple of hundred yards. And Adrian Estrada, who spends most of his time on uh, defense, but in big games, had a big game against uh, uh, Alamogordo in, in a victory. Uh, you know, they bring him over to the offensive side. He ran for 200 plus as well. So, uh, no Angel Munoz, apparently no problem. They got off to a slow start. I think tied 7 7 after the first quarter, but uh, really kicked it into gear after that. Uh, Guardado and, uh, and Estrada all over it. 1 4A Division 2, led by Fort Stockton. They're 6 0 and 1 0 in district. And uh, Monahan's 1 0, 3 3 in district. So, everybody else is looking up to those two. But Mountain View will take on Clint tonight in a in pretty much a must-win situation if you want to stay in contention for one of the top four spots. Right, and the hope for them is that their quarterback, Alex Dominguez, he's been gone for, for about a month. Uh, they're hoping he's been close to back, and I would think in a big game like this one against Clint, uh, he's got to get back on the field, especially since the, the backup threw six INTs a week ago against Fabens, seven turnovers in that contest. Even though Mountain View still found a way to win that one, 35-28. to 28. But uh, I don't think you want six interceptions uh, on the field. You want your starter if he's even close to healthy, and I think that's what Alex Dominguez is going to be. All right, so we've got some other games that are taking place that we're not covering that are out of town right now. We've got the uh, Las Cruces playing Oregon Mountain tonight. Las Cruces 1-5 on the season. When was the last time we saw Las Cruces at a 1-5 and five or upside down in their uh, – their record. Yeah, I don't think I'm that old. <laughs> Mayfield four and three, so uh, they're playing Goddard tonight at five and two. So uh, Chaparral will take on Gadsden, and Hatch Valley will take on Socorro, New Mexico. So anyway, we got a good night of football. We got some great games going on, good, good matchups. So let's take a break right now. You're listening to Football Friday Night, 600 ESPN. Welcome back to Football Friday Night. Mark Miller filling in for uh, for Bo tonight. He'll be back next week. So uh, Paul McKinnon and I are back in the seat together. What we shared for what ten years, nine years, mm, quite yeah. a while. Yeah, I think it was probably like about seven for me with you. With you. No, that's true. No, wait a minute, six. Yeah, because Tony was in here a little bit. Before you had a head start on me. Yep, yeah. yep. How'd that happen? I don't know. Bad so judgment, I, guess, I think. I guess I'm older. <laughs> Age before beauty. All right, Paul. We only got eight games tonight. You know, we're going to have the reporters talk a little bit longer. 
Give us a little more insight into what's going on. You know, I'm impressed with the fact that Bel Air is 7-0. and And I know we talked a little bit about this last week, but uh, those kids got to be happy out there, you know, for their football program. Yeah, it's huge. Our Bill Kuhn told us a week ago that it's uh, 1992, the last time the Bel Air Highlanders started 7-0. and I make fun of their schedule all the time. You know, they're playing teams that they should beat, and they haven't gotten to the ones uh, that are important yet. They're, they're still waiting on Parkland, and they're still waiting on uh, Del Valle. That's going to happen after the bye, obviously. So that's where we're going to find out how good they are. But am I astonished that, that they're 7-0? Of course I am. This is a team that's been struggling. They're beating teams that they've been losing to over the last uh, three or four years especially. First really strong year for Eric Scoggin. I think this is like his fifth year at Bel Air. This is a nice Bel Air Highlander team. They're at the very least going to finish uh, third place, and they will give Parkland a run for sure. Uh, I think Del Valle might be a little too good for him, but that's coming from a guy that hasn't sat at the field and watched either of them play. Well, hopefully you get a chance to. I know that uh... – Mr. Kuhn gave us some good insights, some good history last week in, in his reports. Let's get out to our 915 Tours Game of the Week, Eastlake Franklin. Adrian? 723 left here in the first quarter. The Franklin Cougars, uh, actually the Eastlake Falcons, up 7 to nothing on top of the Franklin Cougars. Uh, last we checked, uh, of course, uh, we talked about the Eastlake 82-yard touchdown um, re- return off the kickoff with Juan Solis. The Franklin Cougars drove past midfield into Eastlake territory, drive stalls at Eastlake 46. And with the Cougars, Shea Smith threw the air 4 of 6 for 21 passing yards but he stalled on the third down, could not complete his pass intended for uh, other senior, uh, Bo Sparks. So, again, I'm going to send it back to you guys. It's 7-14 left here in the opening quarter. Eastlake up 7 to nothing against Franklin. All right. Thank you, Adrian. Let's get out to Jaime Chavez. Can you, Teal, and Andres? Jaime. 7-13 left in the first quarter. In Northeast El Paso, it's Andres 7 and can you, Teal, 0. Malcolm Anderson just had a three-yard touchdown run, and that uh, that drive went uh, just over four minutes, 13-play, uh, 64-yard drive for the Andrus Eagles, and the key play on that drive was uh, Andrus quarterback Elias Duncan, a 22-yard run on a uh, on a second and 20. Andrus, uh, they were uh, backed up into their territory uh, because of holding penalties, and Duncan took off 22 yards and got them into. Uh, Good field position, and then the eventual score by Malcolm Anderson, four carries and 15 yards rushing for uh, the Andrew Siegel, the senior running back. So, 7.09, left in the first quarter at Andrew Stadium. It's Andrew 7, and can you deal zero? All right, thank you, Jaime. And, you know, you can never underestimate Andrus. 2-4 and four on the season, 1-0 in district, but they're always a threat. And their uh, non-district was exceedingly tough. Uh, they just got pounded. I think it was Midland uh, that hung 70 on them a couple of weeks ago. But who else in that district is is playing Midland? So it's a yin and yang. You're, you're getting your, you know, you know what beat out. But by the same token, you're getting on the field with teams that are going to be better than most of the ones you see when you get to your district play. So uh, maybe the game slows down a little bit if you're Andrus uh, from what they've been used to over the last couple of weeks. Burgess and Chapin, we had to change the venue there because the lights weren't coming on over at Austin. Jeremy Caronco with the call. Jeremy? Hey, guys. Uh, we still have 12 minutes left to go until kickoff between Burgess and Chapin, a game that was moved to Irvin High School 43 minutes before kickoff at Austin High School. 
a totally insane night. The situation at Austin was a, a light outage in the center set of the lights. So the officials decided there's no way we can play it without those lights on. So the game was moved, and the teams are still prepping and getting ready, and we are told that the game will start in about 11 minutes. So uh, good work by the officials to get this game uh, done and set quickly as possible. But Burgess and Chapin tonight uh, here in a crucial district game. Mustangs off to a slow start. That's the big thing right now. They have won three straight district titles and have, have been to the playoffs in the last seven years. Uh, Chapin has won back-to-back games after an 0-4 start, uh, including winning their district opener last week at Jefferson 52-8. And the even bigger story for the Huskies under a freshman leadership quarterback, Davion Singleton, who has come in and led the Huskies to two wins in the last two games. So a little bit of a strange night so far, but uh, we'll have football in about 11 minutes between Burgess and Chapin at Irvin. And Mark, a couple early scores. We're going to hear J.D. Sursley in a sec, but he reports that uh, Riverside out on top of San Eli, 10 to nothing. That's a homecoming game for Riverside. And uh, once again, Riverside playing without uh, Angel Munoz, I assume, on the sidelines, uh, wearing his jersey as per last week. But uh, against San Eli, probably not going to need him in the uh, possible elimination game. The two best 4A Division II teams in the city of El Paso, Clint and Mountain View. And remember, potentially, we could only get one El Paso team into the playoffs from this, this district. Of course, you can get a max of three if you want to get through uh, the likes of Fort Stockton, Monahans, and Pecos, which is what Fabian's trying to do tonight. But Clint jumps out to a 7 to nothing lead over Mountain View in that one. All right. Thank you, Paul. Jefferson and El Paso High, two teams coming in 3-3 three and three in a year and 0-1 and in district. So somebody's going to come out 1-1 one and one and be looking at an opportunity to move up in the standings. And uh, that should be a pretty good ball game tonight. David Guess with a call. Let's get out to David. Man, this is a great one right now out here at El Paso High School. It's electric. 52 seconds left in the first quarter. El Paso is currently lining up for an extra point as they trail 8-6. to six. Uh, Jefferson on their first drive started quarterback uh, Andre Lopez, but then switched over to Roman Gomez, who ran it in for a 10-yard touchdown score. He caught his own number on the two-point conversion to go up 8-0. But as I mentioned, uh, Gary Chires just returned uh, for El Paso, their starting quarterback. He's been out the last four weeks. And on his first drive and his return, he had uh, 15 yards on the ground and over 50 yards through the air and connected with wide receiver Pablo Chavez for a 35-yard touchdown score. Right now, 52 seconds left in the first quarter. Jefferson leads El Paso 8-7. to seven. All right. Thank you very much, David. Let's off to a good one. Fast game. And uh, especially for El Paso, uh, it's a good night for them, uh, win or lose, because they got their quarterback back. Jerry Chida is not just their quarterback, also their kicker, also their punter. If you remember week two, when they went uh, from their own five-yard line, uh, from the sixth, fourth, and five, you know, in the shadow of their own end zone. Why'd they go? Well, their punter was on the sideline. That's that's Jerry Chida. He's everything to them. And now they have him back on the field, so at least they have a fighting chance. Four teams in this district are going to make the playoffs out of six in El Paso. They want to be able to slide in, in, into that uh, foursome. Their chances just got a lot greater with uh, Jerry Chida on the field. I think it's been 10 years since the Tigers have been in the playoffs. Riverside up 10-zip over San Eli, that game in the first quarter. Let's get out to Jay's. J.D. Sursley. J.D.? Yeah, gentlemen, uh, Riverside up 10-0. Uh, Angel Munoz did not play uh, last week, and he is not playing this week either. He must still have a, a plucked wing. 
Uh, but Jose Guardado said, no problem, coach. Just give me the ball. He already has 55 yards with the touchdown. And then with the San Eli fumble, it was an easy, you know, easy points that gave him the field goal with Isaac Santonio. Uh, Riverside over San Eli with 337 left in the first quarter, 10 0. All right. Thank you, JD. Riverside all over San Eli. I got a feeling Etten's only going to get worse as the night moves on, Paul. Mountain View and Clint, big game down the valley. Let's get out to Joe Rodriguez. Joe? 122 left in the first quarter, and it is Clint leading the Mountain View Lobos by the score of 7-0. A five-play, 30-yard drive capped off by a six-yard touchdown run by Alexis Payares, and this was after Clint onside kicked the opening kickoff and re- uh, recovered the ball at the Mountain View 30. Right now, Clint is currently... Uh, uh, there's a measurement on a fourth and four. Uh, the Clint Lions went for it in the red zone, uh, and right now we are waiting for a measurement. With 107 left in the opening quarter, it is Clint leading Mountain View by the score of seven to zero. And mark a gutsy play by Clint, opening with it with an onside kick. But what, what it also does is it shows a level of respect. Clint knows this is a big game. They know they're going to have have their hands full with uh, Mountain View. I didn't hear if Joe Rod mentioned Alex Dominguez. The Mountain View quarterback back after a month off to injury. I don't know if that's happened or not. We'll catch that uh, down the line. But uh, Clint showing that they respect Mountain View and they know they got to come with everything. And that's what an onside kick on the opening kickoff is about. Pecos taking on Fabens. That was a 6:30 start. We're at halftime already in that game. Let's get out to Ryan Vidalas for a halftime update. Ryan. It is halftime here at Wildcat Stadium, and it is a score of Pecos leading the Wildcats by a score of 10-6. to uh, This game has really been a story of two big plays and not much else. Uh, the game started off with the opening play from scrimmage. Uh, Pecos quarterback Colt Salgado finds Jesus Navarro, uh, Jesus Navarro uh, at that for a 72-yard touchdown pass, uh, making that score 7-0. to Three plays later, Fabian strikes right back as quarterback Eric Ortiz hits Ivan Urrutia, one of the Urrutia brothers, for a 53-yard touchdown pass in the flat. He takes it down to the house. However, the extra point was missed, and it was a score 7-6. Aside from that, neither team has been able to really get anything going offensively. Uh, you have current uh, running back Isaac Urrutia, who has eight carries for 44 yards in the first half, and his brother, wide receiver Ivan Urrutia, has two receptions for 59 yards and a touchdown. Pecos is running back. Caleb Boss has 11 carries for 34 yards, but uh, quarterback Colt Salgado is eight for one for 134 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Pecos is looking to lean heavily on the Urutia brothers if they're to get back in this game, which I'm sure they're hoping to do on homecoming night here at Wildcat Stadium. So once again, at halftime, the score is uh, Fabian's Wildcat 6 and Pecos 10. All right. Thank you very much, Ryan. Uh, let's get out to Jaime Chavez for an update. Can you, Tio, and Andrews? Jaime? 216 left in the third quarter at Andrews Stadium. Make a production, make that the first quarter with 216 left in this matchup. But Andrews and Can you, Tio, all tied up at 7 and 7. Canutillo comes back on his first drive with L.J. Martin, an eight-yard touchdown run, and Martin already five carries and 51 yards rushing. That is his ninth uh, rushing touchdown on the season. And the score for Andrus, Malcolm Anderson, he had a three-yard touchdown run also on Anderson's first drive. So we've got uh, 102 left in the first quarter. 
at Andrew Stadium. Tie ball game, Andrew 7, Gunner Field 7. All right. Thank you very much, Jaime. A real-time update brought to you by El Paso Association of Builders. All right. Let's run down the scores for you. In our 915 Tours Game of the Week, Eastlake up 7-zip and over Franklin. Now we're on a return opening kickoff by Eastlake. Uh, the Pebble Hills-Montwood game will probably start in about another 20 minutes. That, of course, is the second game of a double hitter. The first game, it was America's 49, El Dorado 42. Like Jaime just said, there's about a minute left to go in the first quarter. Andrus and Kenya Teal nodded at seven apiece. Jamie Caranco reported that they had to change the venue in the Chapin-Burgess game. Paul mentioned that a little bit earlier and had to go out to Irvin. So they're about 10 minutes, 15 minutes behind time right now. So we'll probably uh, start that game in about another, probably about 7.45 at the latest. Good game going on between Jeff and uh, El Paso High over at El Paso High. As Jeff up 8-7 to seven over El Paso High, first quarter on that one. Riverside up over San Eli, 10-zip, first quarter. And Clint up over Mountain View, 7 to nothing. Halftime game and an early start, Pecos and Fabens. Down at Fabens, Pecos holding on to a 10-6 lead over Fabens. If you're watching the baseball game and listening to us right now, San Diego up one zip over the Dodgers. That game, I believe it was in, what, the bottom of the second inning, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, got a good one there, San Diego town. Last night, Eastwood defeated Socorro 57-7. And a good one over at Irvin as Bowie defeated Irvin 28-21. Let's take a break right now. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Football Friday Night. Let's run down your Oscar Arrieta Agency scoreboard. These games are all in the first quarter. In our 915 Tours Game of the Week, it's Eastlake up 7-zip over Franklin. We'll get back out to Adrian Broadus here shortly. He'll be first up in our go-around. Pebble Hills Montwood be underway in about 15 minutes. That's the second game out at the sack. First game... It was America's 49, El Dorado 42. Good one going on over at Andrus. Candy Teal and Andrus nodded at seven apiece. That game's probably in the second quarter, just gone into the second quarter. Burgess and Chapin will be underway here. They had to move that venue from Austin over to Irvin about an hour before the game. So they're, uh, Jeremy Caranco reported they're probably going to start here in about the next five minutes. So we'll have a quick update from him when we get out to uh, Irvin. Good one, Jeff in El Paso. Hi, Jeff leading 8-7, to seven, that game in the first. Riverside all over El, El, uh, San Elizario, 10-zip in the first. Good one with Clint and Mountain View. Joe Rodriguez with a call down in Clint. Clint up 7-zip over Mountain View. And the game at halftime, which was an early start, started at 6-30. Pecos leads Fabens 10-6. San Diego up one zip over the Dodgers. That game in the second. And Cleveland defeated the Yankees in 10, 4-2. Let's get out to Adrian Broaddus for a 915 Tours Game of the Week. Adrian? End of the first quarter. The Eastlake Falcons now lead the Franklin Cougars 7-3. The Cougars marched all the way downfield against the Eastlake Falcons. Chase Smith had a nice nine-yard pass to 
senior uh, wide receiver Bo Sparks, but it wasn't enough. Their drive stalled at the Falcons' nine-yard line thanks to a huge pass breakup by linebacker Hector Hinojos at the line of scrimmage uh, that forced that field goal. Uh, Franklin ended up getting on the board thanks to J.P. Soto. Uh, His 29-yard field goal was good, and now Eastlake is on the move. Sophomore quarterback Luke Lomelli just completed a 39-yard pass to uh, running back Julius Acosta on the wheel route. So, again, at the start of the second quarter, Eastlake on top of Franklin, 7-3. to three. And Mark Eastlake, is, they're tricky, and they always have been. J.D. Calderon, obviously their first coach, and they always love doing that uh, you know, jet sweeps, sweep stuff, bringing, uh, bringing the, you know, the, the wing back in motion. They're ahead of, ahead of the curve on that. And Ruben Rodriguez, you know, who played, for, uh, uh, played at Riverside and, of course, uh, coached uh, at Eastlake before he landed this job, you know, he's cut from the same cloth. And, you know, they like to play tricks. This I'd never seen before. This is what they pulled last week against Montwood. Thursday night game, the offense came out in the T formation, but out of the shotgun. So I don't know. I haven't seen it before. I don't want to watch as much college football as I used to. But a, a, a T gun. So what you had was five down linemen, receivers to each side, and four guys standing abreast in the backfield waiting for the shotgun snap. And as soon as the snap was snapped, in fact, the quarterback, Luke Lamelli was catching it on the run, going toward the line of scrimmage. Those four guys just attacked the line of scrimmage. They ran that six out of the first seven plays. Lamelli carried the ball, picked up 41 yards, and all they got out of it was a, was a 39-yard Julian Malucci field goal. But I think what these guys like to do, as I said, it's, it's, a, it's a new bunch from last year, and they've been getting better as, as the weeks go on. Their defense is terrific. You just heard of Hector Nose. Adrian Bradas told us that made another play. But I think they like to mess with the other team, show them something they haven't seen before. By the, by the way, Darren Walker was at that contest, so he, he saw what they did in the first quarter. So that was their first drive. They got away, away from it, went to some uh, more traditional stuff, and actually brought it back for a couple of snaps in the third quarter. But I think they just want to show you something different, get you off your game, get you thinking about something else, maybe get the mental advantage. I coach a lot of rec, rec league ball, and when you had teams that weren't as good as the team you thought you were playing, you'd junk up the defenses. You know, 1-3-1, one, one, half-court trap, uh, diamond in two, uh, triangle in two, all kinds of mess just to throw people off their game. And, and I think that's what Eastlake does, and I think they do it pretty well. Well, they're up 7-3 right now over Franklin. That game just starting the second quarter, so that should be a good one tonight. Another good one. Jaime Chavez got the call. Candy, Tio, and Andrus. Jaime? 10.49 left in the half. It is now Andrus 13 and Kanye Tio 7. Andrus' Malcolm Anderson just ripped off a 39-yard touchdown run, and the extra point was missed by place kicker Isaiah Owens. And Anderson also has a three-yard touchdown run. He's got uh, thus far five carries, 63 yards rushing, and the score for Canutillo, L.J. Martin. He had an eight-yard touchdown run on Canutillo's first drive. Martin thus far, six carries, 55 yards rushing. So we've got uh, 10.41 left in the half at Andrus Stadium. It's Andrus 13 and Canutillo 7. All right, thank you very much, Jaime. That was 10 minutes left to go in the first half. Uh, Do we have Jeremy Caranco? Has he started his game yet, or Angel? Okay, we'll just come to him last on this go-around. I believe he's just about underway. Isn't yeah, he, he says uh, 7.30 kickoff, so that would have been about seven minutes ago if, he, if he's uh, correct about that. So, uh, yeah, early first quarter. Okay, in case you're just tuning in right now, they had to change the venue from Austin to Irvine because the lights didn't work. So uh, 
They got behind by about 45 minutes, so we'll catch Jeremy on the last go-around here. And uh, I think that game is probably underway. Jefferson, El Paso High, David Guest with the call. David? Yeah, I got you guys covered live action here at El Paso. 6.56 left in the first half. El Paso is driving, and what a difference quarterback Jerry Tyres has made in his return. This is just his second drive, and he just broke off. He's already broken off two first-down runs on this drive. His first one coming on fourth and one on a quarterback keeper, ran it up the gut. His second just now was an 18-yard run on second and 15. So El Paso is just outside of the red zone. It looks like they just got called for another penalty. It's fourth down. They still trail. Eight to seven. Again, six fifty-six left in the first half out here at El Paso High. All right, David. Uh, when they get inside the fifteen, give us a holler. Uh, let's see what goes on with their drive. And I think El Paso High has played this one right. You know, you've you've had the injured quarterback. You need this guy to get wins. They got off to a three and zero start. Uh, he was responsible for the first win and a half. I guess he was gone by the third quarter in that crazy Hanks game. But uh, you got This is a game that they have to have. This is a team. Last time in their playoffs was in 2013. Their goal, the El Paso High Tigers' uh, goal, and Ray Aguilar is their third-year head coach. Their goal is to make the playoffs this year. Last week you're playing Andrus. You know, maybe it doesn't matter who you have on the field. Andrus just might have you a little bit outgunned. But now you're running into Jefferson, which is also a, a three and three team coming in. But this is a game you have a chance of winning, especially at your place. You want to make sure you can get as many of your best players on the field uh, for that big game as you can. By the way, they still uh, remember uh, Lorenz Johnson, who was uh, their transfer uh, running back, who was so terrific for a couple of weeks before he went down with an injury. Uh, Dave Guest told us last week his scaphoid bone, uh, that's the wrist. So they're hoping to get him back sometime within the next couple of weeks as well, and then they'll really be at full strength. But it's, it's just good. I enjoy hearing Jerry Tide as El Paso's best player offensively back on the field and contributing as, as they try to achieve their goal of uh, making the playoffs for the first time again in uh, 10 years. All right, we've got a real-time update brought to you by the El Paso Association of Builders. Let's get out to our 915 Tours. Tours, game of the week, East Lake and Franklin with Adrian Bryce. Adrian? 10.43 left here in the first half. Eastlake has gone up 9-3 to against Franklin. I'll tell you how this happened. Eastlake drove it all the way down to the Franklin Cougar one-yard line, and quarterback Luke Lamelli fumbled the ball. The ref said that Bo Sparks, the safety for Franklin, recovered at the one-yard line. Then it was a safety on the ensuing play. The Eastlake defense held the Cougars right there, and uh, as a result, Eastlake goes up 9-3. to So I'll send it back to you guys. 10:41 and counting left till half. Eastlake leads Franklin nine to three. All right, thank you very much, and uh, Adrian, for that uh, update. And the worst part of that, again, this is a key game in District One Six A. After that safety, that means Franklin's got to kick it away. A free kick from their own twenty means Eastlake's got their mitts back on the football. San Eli and Riverside. Let's go out to JD Sursley. JD. Yeah, eleven sixteen left in the second quarter. Riverside thirty one now. Uh, San Eli six. It was a seventeen zero when we last talked. Um, but Carlos Rivera to Julian Morales with a beautiful seventeen seventy two yard bomb. Uh, literally the next drive, uh, Ian Montillon says, "I got you. Check this out." And then he throws it to Tristan Lopez a screen, which goes to, through seventy eight yards. And then um, right after, after a quick stop, uh, Riverside scored like literally in six seconds. Um, another great run by Adrian Estrada. 
Everyone's just scoring here for Riverside, uh, 31-6 to against San LA, 10-36 left in the second quarter. All right, thank you, J.D. That one getting away from San LA. Riverside all over them, 31-6, 11 minutes left to go in the first half. Another one, Joe Rodriguez, Mountain View and Clint. Joe? 8-11 left in the second quarter, and it is Clint leading the Mountain View Lobos by the score of 14-0. Once again, Alexis Payares, this time from 11 yards out, gets his second touchdown run on the night. That was a 10-play, 33-yard drive for the Clint Lions. Talk about wearing down a defense with their rushing attack. So far for the Mountain View, uh, Lobos, very little has been going as their backup quarterback, Joel Padilla, is trying to do the best that he can, but he is struggling trying to get into rhythm tonight. Right now, the Clint Lions just have a first and 10 from their own 31-yard line. I'm going to go ahead and send it back to you on the studio with 8.09 left to go in the second quarter. It is Clint leading Mountain View by the score of 14-0. to All right, thank you very much, Joe. Let's get out to Jaime Chavez, Kanu, Tio, and Andres for a real-time update. 9.23 left first half. We've got a tie ball game. It's Kanu Tio 13 and Andres 13. Kanu Tio quarterback Jeremiah Knox just fired a 45-yard touchdown pass to Lorenzo Areola. And Joe Rodriguez, he missed the extra point. Thus, our, our tie ball game. And uh, also the other score for Kanu Tio, L.J. Martin. He had an eight-yard touchdown run. Six carries, 55 yards rushing for L.J. Martin. And the scoring for Andrews and Malcolm Anderson, a pair of touchdown runs of 39 and two yards, or make that three yards, also on the uh, extra point try on, on Anderson's a 39-yard, uh, after a 39-yard touchdown run, Isaiah Owens missed that extra point. So we've got uh, 10 40 They'll make that 940. The scoreboard is kind of hard to read at this point, but uh, we'll get it for you. 940 left in the in the half at Andrews Stadium. Tie ball game. Canutillo 13 and Andrews 13. Thank you, Jaime. Good uh, good update on that one. Nine minutes and change left in the first half. 13-13. Canutillo and Andrews got a good one going out there. Let's get out to Ryan Vidalas, Pecos and Fabens. Ryan? We are still at halftime here at Wildcat Stadium. The score is still Pecos 10, the Wildcats of Fabian 6. Uh, bands are still on the field, and the teams are in the tunnels right now, but it is homecoming night, so they are at an extended halftime right now. But once again, at halftime, the score is 10-6, uh, to 6, Pecos over the Wildcats. And, Mark, this game really, to the, the, the importance to me is finding out how good Pecos is. We talked about this before. It's a, it's a six-team district. Three teams from out of town. Monahans is one. Fort Stockton's the other. Both of those teams are going to find a way to make the playoffs. Pecos is the wild card. Remember, they used to be in this district, and Clint finally found a way to conquer those guys. And then they find, and then that's when they took him out of the district and brought in uh, Andrews, which nobody could handle. But um, Fabens playing Clint close. San Ali pay, uh, played uh, Pecos, excuse me, earlier. In the year also, that was a 12 nothing game. Uh, Pecos won that one, but uh, if San Eli can play him close, that means the Clints and the Mountain Views of the world should have a shot at these guys as well. El Paso is going to get at least one team into the 4A Division II playoffs. If uh, Mountain View or Clint or, you know, we're even talking Fabens tonight, trailing 10-6, to if they can get past Pecos, then we'll get uh, at least two. So uh, that's the important of, uh, of this game. Uh, Fabens. Giving them a good run so far, an early touchdown. They got out behind, uh, 
uh, let them get get ahead early, but uh, you know a, a whole half to to track them down. Pecos two and four on the season, as is Fabens, both zero and one in district. That game at half, Pecos with a ten six lead. Homecoming out at Fabens tonight, so that'll take a little bit longer. Next time around, we'll probably get Ryan right in the third quarter, middle of the third quarter. Let's get out to Jeremy Caranco, Burgess, and Chapin. Jeremy? 4.09 left to go in the first quarter, and it is Burgess and Chapin nodded at a 0-0 tie in a game that was delayed 30 minutes in a change of venue. Both teams' offenses seem pretty much stalled uh, to start this game. Uh, it's got to be a change of mindset for the players having to move 42 minutes kickoff for a game. Uh, so both offenses have punted the ball twice now, but uh, Chapin, uh, starting quarterback, Davion Singleton, a freshman, starting his third game now for the Huskies and has won two straight games for the Huskies. Both teams at 2-4, and four, but Chapin went 1-0 and oh, and Burgess at 0-1 oh, in district play, so the Mustangs definitely need a win. Team that has been to the playoffs in seven straight years, they desperately need a win to try and tie the district to avoid the bottom. But we're in a slow start in the first quarter, 357 and counting. It is Burgess and Chapin tied at zero in the first. All right. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Let's go to our Oscar Arietta Agency scoreboard. Run these down. A lot of these games now in the second quarter. East Lake is up over Franklin 9-3 to in our 915 Tours game of the week. Pebble Hills and Montwood, the second game in a double hitter. And we'll have to shoot... Uh, Steve Escajeda text here, see when he's starting. He should be starting any moment now with that one. First game was America's 49, El Dorado 42. A good one over at Andrus. Andrus and Kenya Tio are tied at 13 apiece. That was about nine minutes left to go in the first half. Chapin and Burgess, he just heard from Jeremy, no score. Four minutes left to go in the first quarter. And, of course, that game was changed from Austin to Irvin within about an hour of start time. Jefferson and El Paso High. We haven't heard from David. I don't know if uh, El Paso High was inside. Do we have David on the line? Good. Let's get David after I run down this scoreboard here. But Jefferson up 8-7. to seven. Six minutes left to go in the first half. Riverside all over San Eli, 31-6. And Clint up on Mountain View, 14-0. Let's get out to... But Jer- before we do that, uh, speaking of Clint, uh, Joe Rodriguez just shot us his note. Alexis Payatis having a big night, a 69-yard touchdown run. Clint now all over Mountain View. The Alex Dominguez starting quarterback, less Mountain View Lobos, 20 to nothing. All right, thank you, Paul. Let's get out to David Guest. Jefferson and El Paso High. David? Yeah, we got a score change. El Paso now leading 14-8. to There's four minutes and 40 seconds left in the first half. Almost another touchdown pass right now for uh, Jerry Shirez. Actually, that, uh, uh, that would have been his second, but it was Zach Mendoza, running back Zach Mendoza, who crossed the goal line on a four-yard touchdown run, car- carried a couple of defenders in there with him. El Paso now leading 14-8. to That last drive. Jerry Chires, again, I, I mentioned how much of a difference he's made in, in these first two drives for this El Paso team. Uh, it, those, first, those two first down runs were pivotal in that drive, and he threw a 30-yard pass to Pablo Gonzalez that set up that touchdown run for Zach Mendoza. So uh, Chires back in there right now. Uh, it's actually fourth down. El Paso is setting up for their first punt of the game, but they now lead 14-8 to with four minutes and 36 seconds left in the first half. All right, thank you very much, David. Let's get out to Jaime Chavez for real-time update. Can you teal and Andres? Jaime? 
649 left in the first half, and it's now County Field 21 at Andrews 13. County Field quarterback Jeremiah Knox fires a 30-yard touchdown pass to L.J. Martin, and that was a, a screen pass, and the two-point conversion was good. Knox also threw a 45-yard touchdown pass to Lorenzo Arreola, and L.J. Martin also had an eight-yard touchdown run. Martin thus far, 10 carries, 73 yards rushing, and he's just over the 800-yard barrier for the season. And the scores for Andrus, Malcolm Anderson, a pair of touchdown runs of 39 and 3 yards. And Anderson's got seven carries and 70 yards rushing. So uh, 6.40 left in the half here in uh, northeast El Paso. Kind of field, 21, and Andrus, 13. And, Mark, somebody actually went out to Chaparral for a football game tonight. It's our very own uh, Russ Bannister says Gadsden's up on top of Chaparral. 14 to nothing, and that'll make him smile. And, oh, by the way, Steve Escajeda, kickoff about four minutes away in that uh, Pebble hills Montwood contest, and that should be a good one. All right, let's take a break right now. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to Football Friday Night. Let's run down your Oscar Arrieta agency scoreboard. These games are all in the second quarter right now. East Lake up 9-3 over Franklin. I've had about nine minutes. We'll get out to Adrian Broadus. In our 915 Tours game of the week, about underway now. Steve Escajeda has the second game, Pebble Hills and Montwood. So I think they've started, haven't they, Paul? Yeah, I believe that's true. Okay, and then we got Canyon Teal and Andrus. Got a good one going on over at Andrus. Canyon Teal up 21 to 13 with about six minutes left to go in the first half. Underway also out at Irvin, where they had to have a venue change from Austin to Irvin. Burgess, Chapin, no score. Four minutes left to go in the first quarter. So Paso High, 14. Jefferson, 8 with about four left to go in the first in the first half. And uh, Riverside all over San Alley, 31 to 6. Ten minutes left to go in the first half in that game. Clint up 20 to 7 over Mountain View. That game about six minutes left to go in the first half. And it's halftime out at Favens for homecoming. This Pecos is up 10 to 6 over Fabens. Last night, Eastwood defeated Socorro 57-7, and Bowie defeated Irvin 28-21. In the first game of our double hitter out at the sack, it was America's 49, El Dorado 42. Gatson up 14-zip over Chaparral. And an update from uh, Ryan Vidalis. I guess he finally got tired of uh, eating whatever homecoming cooking was out there. They're back on the field and playing, and Fabens comes out hot. Eric Ortiz finds Jorge Lopez 55 yards. Fabens jumps into the 12 to 10 lead. Missed the extra point. We'll see if that comes back to haunt him. But Fabens on top of Pecos in a big district game. All right. We'll get uh, Ryan on the air here at the bottom of the list. But let's go out to our 915 Tours game of the week. Franklin and East Lake from Adrian Broadus. Adrian? We've got three minutes left here until halftime. The Eastlake Falcons on top of the Franklin Cougars, 12-3. to Eastlake Falcons kicker Julian Malucci just hit a 40-yard field goal for the Falcons to put them up now by nine points. The Cougars are now on the move, driving down to the Eastlake 32-yard line. Chase Smith right now, 6-12 through 12 through the air. 
43 passing yards. He's also got 40 on the ground. And, uh, again, under three minutes to go here in the first half. The Eastlake Falcons on top of the Franklin Cougars, 12-3. to All right, Adrian, thank you very much. Paul, you have something you want to add? Just what a weapon that Julian Malucci kid is. Uh, a four-year outstanding kicker. Remember, this guy made his bones as a freshman. A 45-yarder on the last play of the game to beat Eastwood. And, uh, you know, Eastwood hasn't beaten them back since, and they'll be itching to, to do that in, in a week or so. But uh, Malucci did the same thing to America's, uh, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago. I think it was 42 yards last play of the game. Knocked one through to the, win that contest. This kid is such a weapon. Eastlake has the advantage of, well, we just need to play other teams close. And you know what? Every time we get down inside of the 20, we're going to come away with points because we got Malucci back there to knock one through. Not a lot of the other teams can say that. I actually got to see him live a week ago in the uh, Montwood win, and you can just tell uh, the way he kicks his technique. He gets the ball up in the air extremely quickly. We've had other kickers that like could kick it a long ways. Dusty Styles, a guy at Eastwood back in the day, always comes to mind. But they were line drive guys that just powdered it. This guy has technique. The ball gets up in the air, and it's uh, soft, and I don't think he ever misses anything, especially if it's clutch. What a weapon they have right now. Pebble Hills, Montwood. Let's go out to Steve Escajeda. Steve? Thanks a lot, guys. And, uh, yeah, we had a late start here at the SAC, the second ball game. Uh, Pebble Hills is just about to kick it off uh, to Montwood here. Uh, big game tonight. Pebble Hills comes into this one 4-1 and in District uh, 16A, 6-1 and overall, while Montwood 2-2 uh, two and two in the District and 2-4 uh, and four overall. And uh, I'll tell you one thing, this game should be kind of wild tonight. Both teams come into this one. Averaging 40 points a ball game, exactly. Big difference is while Montwood is allowing 39.7 points a ball game, Pebble Hills only allowing 14.3, one of the best defensive teams in the city. And uh, again, it'll probably come down to quarterback play for Pebble Hills. Gail Ochoa, really talented junior, uh, throwing 14 touchdown passes so far this year. He's also running another four. Uh, for Montwood, boy, what can I say? Yeah, their quarterback, Isaac Galvan, he just needs uh, 64 yards passing tonight to reach the 2,000-yard mark. He's thrown 18 touchdown passes, only five picks, and uh, they've got a great receiver there, Diego uh, Oaxaca. 56 catches tonight, 800 and, on the season, 832 yards, and he's uh, grabbed 10 of those for touchdowns. So Montwood's going to take over here, first and 10 from their own 21-yard line. We finally get things going here. Second game of the sack tonight. We'll let you know how it's going to go. It should be a wild one. Pebble Hills is at Baltimore. An 8 o'clock kickoff, Mark Miller. <laughs> I can just tell you, I was at the early game, America's El Dorado. Nice game. is 14-14 when I left. And the reason I left is because it stayed at the 8-minute mark for about 10 minutes. Four oh three kickoff. That's not awful, but hey, when there's two games and you're the early one, kick the thing off on time. And uh, officials, you guys were doing a nice job spotting the ball. Stop having these 10-minute discussions about what the call is. There's another game coming, and our Steve Escajeda is going to have to sit around until you guys kick it off at 8 o'clock. Hey, chop, chop on that stuff. Get this thing moving. <laughs> Let's get out to Jaime Chavez. Can you, Tio, and Andres? Jaime? 3-11 left in the half. It's now Can you, Tio? 28, Andrews 13, Jeremiah Knox, his third touchdown pass of the night. He fires a 53-yard touchdown pass to Lorenzo Areola. And earlier in the quarter, he had a 49-yard, 45-yard touchdown pass to Areola and Knox, a 30-yard touchdown pass to L.J. Martin. And uh, Martin, he had an 8-yard uh, 
touchdown run for Daniel Dio. Martin, he's got 13 carries and 93 yards rushing. And once again, looks like Daniel Dio is moving into scoring territory. And tonight, uh, Knox, he's uh, 7 of 10, 153 yards passing and three touchdowns. And the only scores for Andrus thus far is a Malcolm Anderson, a 39-yard touchdown run, and also a three-yard touchdown run for Anderson. Anderson's got uh, eight carries, 73 yards rushing. So we've got uh, 233 left in the half at Andrus Stadium. Daniel Teal, 28, and Andrus, 13. And, and Mark, to me, Candy Teal looks like a team that's playing for the playoffs. They went to the round of 16 last year, which was terrific, and I think they want to try and go deeper or make a similar run this year because they're slow playing. We used to see this with the, the, the Central Texas teams when they'd come in and there'd be a guy, oh, he's only got 300 yards, and we got a guy who has 1,300, and then he goes off for like two or 300 in that contest. I think that's what Candy Teal's uh, done. They've slow played things with L.J. Martin. He was a little dinged up, so they sat him out of basically a couple of games. Lorenzo Adiola, who were uh, hearing from tonight, the receiver, same thing. He's gotten almost no play through the first uh, seven weeks of the season, you know, uh, some uh, just a few snaps and a few catches coming into this one. But he was a stud receiver a year ago. Now we're in a game that matters. And Adiola, does he show up? Well, heck yeah. 45-yard touchdown reception. And I think Jaime Chava just said a 53-yard ball right there. Also, they have the, the weapon Eddie Carrillo. Remember, the, the uh, defensive back, a freshman last year, had five interceptions. Oh, by the way, has five interceptions this year as well. They keep working him into the offense piece by piece. Uh, caught a corner route. He's getting very few snaps, but a corner route a couple of weeks ago, an outstanding catch. What did he do last week? He had a 40-yard punt return for a score. Uh, not, not for a score, 40-yard punt return, a 40-yard kickoff return, and he ran the ball for a 40-plus-yard score. So this is a guy who's also a weapon, but they're not just throwing him out there and, okay, let's get the ball to this guy every time. I, like I said, I think it's they're just installing things little by little, week by week. They want to be playing their best football, number one tonight because it's against Anderson. It's a big game. So they're paying attention to, to this contest, no doubt. But they want to be at their very best in about a month when it's time for uh, the real playoffs, and that's talking about getting out of El Paso. You know, the other thing here, Paul, with Kenya T up 28-13, to 13, and Kenya Teals now has scored, what, 21 unanswered points. Andrus has to answer. And they may not be able to do it in this first half with a little over two minutes left to go. I think Kenya Teal had the ball when Jaime was last on the phone. But when they come back in that third quarter, if they don't answer, this game's done. They'll run away with it. Yep. So many games are won. You're exactly right at the tag into uh, the first half. And it's going to be tough for Anders to be a quick strike team because Kenya Teal, what they always do best – well, L.J. Martin, well, he's terrific, and the last several years it's been fun to have him on the club. But Kenny Teo has always made their bones on the defensive side of the football. You might be able to move the ball on them, but uh, usually not in uh, large chunks. And as you said, a couple of minutes might be a not, uh, not enough time. And going down 28-13 at halftime is not where the Andrews Eagles want to be. Another game in the D2 division, Burgess and Chapin underway about uh... – 15 minutes ago, got a late start on that one because of a venue change. Let's get out to Jeremy Caronco. Jeremy? 6.55 left to go in the second quarter, and is Chapin now leading Burgess by the score of 14-0. Brent Hallman, his first touchdown catch of the year, 71-yard bomb from the freshman Davion Singleton with a 2.29 left to go in the first quarter. And just moments ago at the 9:26 mark, Savion Jordan with a 36-yard touchdown pass from Davion Singleton, the freshman quarterback 
2-0 and and now lighting up tonight 128 yards and two touchdowns for the freshman. And on the Burgess side, already down in a big hole, but starting uh, Caleb Hanna with a nice night. The junior started two games ago. He's back again on the field, 78 yards on nine carries. Burgess, 118 yards to Chapin's 166. But with 6-19 left to go in the second quarter, it's Chapin leading Burgess 14-0. All right, thank you, Jeremy. Let's get out to David Guest, Jefferson and El Paso High. David? Yeah, we're here at halftime. El Paso is leading Jefferson 14-8. to This game started, uh, Jefferson got the ball first. Quarterback Roman Gomez scored the first touchdown of the game on a 10-yard run and then a two-point conversion. But since then, the return of Jerry Chires for El Paso High School, he has over 100 yards through the air and nearly 50 on the ground in the first quarter. So uh, in the first half, sorry, uh, since getting the ball uh, for El Paso, he threw a touchdown pass to Pablo Chavez, then set up uh, on a 30-yard pass to junior Pablo Gonzalez, set up a four-yard touchdown for running back Zach Mendoza. That put him ahead. 14 to 8, um, and that, that's the score at halftime for El Paso. Uh, wide receiver Pablo Gonzalez recovered a fumble for El Paso just before halftime, and the score stands 14 to 8, El Paso over Jefferson. All right, thank you very much, David. Let's get out to JD Sursley, San Elian Riverside. JD? Yeah, 15 seconds left uh, until halftime of Riverside 45 now, San Eli 6. Um, Ian Montione is uh, just doing what the coaches ask. I mean, he's in for Angel Munoz. Speedy Munoz uh, still has a plucked wing, so he's still not playing. But quarterback play from Ian Montione has been great, uh, not making any mistakes. Jose Grandardo, of course, still the MVP for Riverside. He's already got his three, third touchdown of the game. Uh, Tristan Lopez has two. Adrian Estrada has one. And, of course, Ian Montione has two touchdowns uh, through the air. Um, it has been a fun little bloodbath. Uh, it is about to be halftime finally, 45 Riverside, then LE6. All right, J.D., thank you. We'll get out to you uh, on the next go-around and get a halftime update. Let's get out to Joe Rodriguez, Mountain View and Clint. Joe? Thank you very much. 50 seconds to go in the first half, and the Clint Lions have just extended their lead. 26-7, and guess who scored for the Clint Lions? You guessed it. It was Alexis Payadis from two yards out to give the Clint Lions a 26-7 lead. This comes after the Mountain View Lions got on the board uh, with a 47-yard touchdown run by Gilbert Gamboa on a five-play 58-yard drive uh, the last time that the Mountain View Lobos had the ball right now the clint lions are going for two and the play is underway and the quarterback keeps it and he barely gets in for the two-point conversion making it 28 to 7 with 50 seconds left in the second quarter all right joe thank you we'll uh, come back around to you on the second go around and uh get your halftime stats let's get out to ryan vidalas pecos and favens ryan with 3.12 left in the third quarter, the score is Pecos 16, Fabens 12. Both teams came out early uh, finding the end zone. Eric Ortiz from Fabens finds Jorge Lopez on a slant that he takes 55 yards to the house. On the ensuing kickoff, Pecos takes it uh, 55 yards down to the 20-yard line, 
And they cap off that drive on a one-yard touchdown run by Johnny Morales So to go ahead and take that lead back. Currently, Fabens is driving inside the five-yard line. And uh, Isaac Urrutia right now is getting stuffed at the five. It's bringing up a fourth and goal for Fabians to see if they punch this one in. Once again, uh, there's two minutes and 32 seconds left in the third quarter. That score is Pecos 16, Fabians 12. Okay, Ryan, we're going to stick with you. Let's just see if they score. Okay, uh, actually, there is a flag on the play right now. Okay, uh, stay there, Ryan. We're going to see if we got a real-time update here. We're just getting a phone call in. That game, 16-12, to 12, Fabens threatening right now inside the five-yard line. we got a flag on the play. Let's get out to Adrian Broadus for a 915 Tours Game of the Week for the update, East Lake and Franklin. Adrian. 115 here in the opening half. The Franklin Cougars are now on the board. Eastlake is up 12-10. to 10. Franklin mustered up a nice drive right before halftime here, and uh, quarterback Shea Smith hit wide receiver Bo Sparks on a 21-yard touchdown connection. Shea, uh, Shea Smith right now through the air is 8 of 16 for 100 yards, and then on the ground he's got 57 rushing yards at a nice 20-yard rush to set up this touchdown pass. So, again, with 1.15 to go here in the opening half, Eastlake up 12 to 10 against Franklin. All right. Thank you, Adrian. Let's get back out to Ryan Vidalas, Pecos and Favens. Ryan? So that was a personal foul on that flag, which gives uh, the Favens Wildcats a fresh set of downs. It was a first and goal from the three. However, running back Isaac Lutia gets stuffed, and uh, they go ahead and lose about two yards on that one. Uh, there is a timeout on the play right now with Fabians. <laughs> All right, we're going to stick with you. I'm going to run down a scoreboard right now when we got a moment here. We're just about ready to go to half on a lot of these games in our 915 Tours Game of the Week. Eastlake is up 12-10, to 10, that game with about a minute 15 left to go in the first half. They're just underway, Pebble Hills and Montwood, in the second game out at the sack. The first game... It was uh, America's 49, El Dorado 42. Can you, Tio, and Andrus are just about ready, to, if not are at half right now. Can you, Tio, was up 28 to 13 with about two minutes left to go. And it's uh, Chapin up 14 zip with six left to go in the first half over Burgess. Game at halftime, El Paso up 14 to 8 over Jefferson with 15 seconds left to go down at Riverside. It's all Riverside, 45-6 to six over San Eli. And Clint is up over Mountain View, 28-7. to seven. That would have about 50 seconds left to go in the first half. All right, Ryan, let's give it back to you. 16-12, to 12, Pecos up over Fabens. But Fabens on the Pecos five-yard line with three minutes left to go in the third quarter looking to score. Ryan? So on that last play, running back Isaac Urrutia actually got hurt. Looks like an ankle injury. He comes off on the sideline, and on the very next play, quarterback Eric Ortiz throws a pick, and the Pecos Eagles are taking over on their own 18-yard line. Oh, gosh. (laughs) All right, Ryan, 16-12. Favens loses an opportunity to take a lead in that game with a pick. That with about three minutes left to go in the third. It's an important game for these, you know, for Fabens. They, and for Pecos, 
you know, they're both looking up there for that fourth spot. Absolutely right. It would be a huge win for Fabens. Of course, they lost last week to Mountain View. The defense created seven turnovers, six interceptions. The Urutia kid we just heard from had three of those picks all by himself. His younger brother Ivan had one as well. But, uh, yeah, you got to be able to cash in. That's why when we talk about a guy like Julian Malucci at Eastlake, he's so important. When you do the work, the offense does the work, they drive the field, you know, you're getting something out of it. Uh, instead, these guys have to try and go for a touchdown. Your best weapon goes off the field. Okay, well, now we better try and throw it. And he was probably trying to throw for Ivan Urutia. Easy for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he had three touchdown catches a week ago, so they probably probably tried to find him for a, a fourth one tonight, and uh, it backfires on him, and they come away with nothing. Montwood dropping the game to Eastlake a week ago was the same thing. They were able, able to drive between the 20s, big mistakes, missed field goals, turnovers, and plus territory, turned what should have been an extremely close game, maybe a Montwood win, into uh, a three-score victory for Eastlake. Yeah, that's one of those situations where you're down on the three-yard line is – Put your three biggest guys behind your quarterback and just go forward. First and goal. <laughs> These days they let you push the heck out of, <laughs> so like you said, quarterback under center and two guys pushing from behind. All right, let's take a break right now, and when we come back we'll get some of these halftime reports. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso.
Welcome back to Football Friday Night. Question tonight, are the Dodgers going to be able to beat San Diego, who they did all year long, and now San Diego's becoming their worst nightmare. They're up 2-0, Trent Grissom with a home run. That game in the bottom of the fourth right now at San Diego. Let's run down uh, some scores here, and we'll get some uh, halftime reports from some of our reporters and our Oscar Arietta Agency scoreboard. Eastlake up on Franklin 12-10. to 10. Last time we talked to Adrian Broadus, it was about a minute left to go in the first half, and I believe, Paul, he's at probably halftime right now. I understand Pebble Hills just got on the scoreboard. They absolutely uh, not Pebble Hills. You got it the wrong way, Monwood my friend. Did, huh? Monwood, I told you, you don't you don't want to mess with those guys. They're dangerous. All right. Seven to nothing out on top. Isaac Galvan throws a touchdown pass, a nine yarder. Okay, we'll get out to Steve Escajeda first and uh, get an update on that game. Canyon Tio and Andrus. Canyon Tio up twenty eight to thirteen. There was about two minutes left to go in the first half on that one. We'll get out to Jaime Chavez. A third in a rotation there and get his halftime report. Yeah, actually, uh, Jaime at half and his score now 35-20. to 20. Last oh. score we had Anthony Ayala. Five-yard jet sweep uh, for Canyon Tio with 59 seconds left. That made it 35-13. And then I said that uh, Andrus is going to have trouble scoring from a long ways away. And apparently they scored from a long ways away <laughs> because in those final 59 seconds they found a way, according to Jaime's scoreboard, to put a touchdown on the board. 35-20, I'm sure he'll tell us all, all about it uh, real soon. Well, as we said before, they needed that in order to stay in this ballgame. Absolutely. Chapin up over Burgess, 14-zip. That was about six minutes left to go in the first half. A game already at half. El Paso High up over Jefferson, 14-8. to Riverside all over San L.A., 45-6. to That game also at half. We'll get J.D. on there to give us an update on that one. A lot of numbers for Riverside. Clint up over Mountain View, 28-7. to There was about a minute left to go in the first half on that game. And Pecos up over Fabian, 16-12. to Cleveland defeated the Yankees 4-2-10 and earlier this afternoon in San Diego. Like I said, up to zip in the bottom of the fourth. Let's get out to Steve Escajeda, Pebble Hills and Montwood. Steve? Thanks a lot, guys. We've got uh, one minute and 17 seconds to go here in the opening quarter, and Montwood is uh, out in front of Pebble Hills 7-6. to six. Uh, Montwood scoring on a Isaac Galvan nine-yard touchdown pass to Diego Oaxaca, going uh, to make it 7 nothing. Pebble Hills just took the ensuing kickoff. And just running it on almost every single play, just grinding it down the field. I don't think you got them, especially that offensive line, a little upset. But they just went down the field, scoring on an 11-yard touchdown run by, uh, that was uh, Jacob Ledesma, to make it 7-6. Uh, to six. The try for the extra point was no good. They uh, bumbled the snap, and they couldn't get the kick through. So it is 7-6. to six. And uh, so far in this ballgame, uh, Isaac Galvan, Montwood's quarterback, Three out of seven, 69 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah Steve, he's got two catches for 60 yards to leave Montwood. And again, that uh, Pebble Hill rushing attack, uh, so far they've carried the ball uh, 15 times in this first quarter already for 83 yards and that one score. We've got 117 left to go in the opening quarter. It is Montwood 7, Pebble Hill 6. And, Mark, that's the Pebble Hills team that I saw beat El Dorado. They just ground them down. Sam Chacon and Jacob Ledesma took turns. Pebble got away from that uh, a week ago in the loss to Americas. You know, 
They tried to be, uh, you know, a little more versatile. Uh, big plays through the air. Jaleel Bost had three long touchdown receptions, but that's pretty much all they had and, and uh, you know, found a way to drop 23-21 uh, to America as they're getting back to what they did uh, a few weeks ago, and that's just uh, grind the defense down. Let's get out to Adrian Broaddus in our 915 Tours Game of the Week, East Lake Franklin for Halftime Report. Adrian? <laughs> 18 minutes left here, left in halftime. The Franklin Cougars have taken their their first lead of the game, leading 13-12 to 12 against the Eastlake Falcons. Guys, this was, uh, went down to the wire as the half ended. Shea Smith was able to move the ball downfield with the Cougars. He completed a 12-yard pass to Bo Sparks, and then a roughing the passer penalty moved the Cougars up to the, uh, to the Falcons' 15-yard line, J.P. Soto nailed a 32-yard field goal right before halftime to give the Cougars the, uh, the lead. Let's run down some first-half stats. As quarterback for uh, the Franklin Cougars, Shea Smith, he's 11 of 19 through the air, 127 passing yards. He has that uh, passing touchdown to Bo Sparks, the senior wide receiver, and also has 59 rushing yards to go along with it. Uh, running back Jordan Morales also leads the way for Franklin on the ground with 35 rushing yards. And Bo Sparks, the senior, what a standout day he's had so far. Quiet first quarter, but in the second quarter alone, seven catches, 96 receiving yards. And then sophomore quarterback Luke Lamelli for the Eastlake Falcons. He's 9 of 11 through the air, 133 passing yards on his end. And the story of, for them is, is their all-around athlete, Isai Perea. Uh, really like watching this guy, the wide receiver for Eastlake, the senior who set out in the past two seasons due to COVID-19. He, had four, he has four catches, 55 receiving yards, also has uh, three rushes for 18 on the ground. So, again, we've got about 16 minutes left here at the halftime mark. The Cougars on top of the Falcons, 13-12. to 12. And, Mark, this is what we've been talking about uh, for a large chunk of the night. How do you finish the half? Well, Franklin drives the field. Soto kicks the 32-yard field goal. By the way, nice job by the special teams being able to convert when you're in plus territory. And they take a one-point lead to the locker. And, oh, by the way, who gets the second-half kickoff? The Franklin Cougars do. You, you see this a lot with teams. Uh, Franklin's been off for a couple of weeks. You're at home, you have a big game, you want to get off to a good start and maybe try and bury a team. Well, well, that's already passed. Eastlake jumped on them instead out to a 9-3 to a nine to three lead. But they've been able to you know, chisel them down and, and grab the lead by halftime. Teams that have been off for a couple of weeks usually get to the best part of their game as the game goes on. Franklin should be a better second-half team than they were a first-half team as they, as they kind of shake off some of the rust, especially in that first quarter. You would think this would bode, bode well for the Franklin Cougars, but Eastlake, especially down just a point, they're not going to roll over and die. Franklin up 13-12 to 12 at hat over Eastlake in our 915 Tours Game of the Week. Let's get out to Jaime Chavez. Can you tell you an Andrews halftime report? Jaime? So it is halftime in Northeast El Paso. It is Can you tell 35 and Andrews 20. Can you tell quarterback Jeremiah Knox? Three touchdown passes, 53 and 45 yards to Lorenzo Areola, and also a 30-yard touchdown pass to L.J. Martin. L.J. Martin has an eight-yard touchdown run, and Anthony Ayala, a five-yard touchdown run for the Canutio Eagles. The scoring for Andrus, Malcolm Anderson, touchdown runs of 39 and three yards. And just before the half ended, quarterback Elias Duncan for Andrus, he took it in for a one-yard touchdown plunge. And Canutio, the stats, uh, quarterback uh, Jeremiah Knox, he's six of nine, 153 yards passing and three touchdowns. 
And his main weapon is Lorenzo Areola. Three receptions, 102 yards. L.J. Martin, 13 carries, 93 yards rushing, and uh, a pair of touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. And Martin has nine rushing touchdowns on the season, and he's just over 800 yards rushing, and he's showing no effects of a recent uh, hamstring injury. For Andrus, uh, Malcolm Anderson, nine carries, 75 yards rushing, and two touchdowns. Quarterback Elias Duncan, 8 of 15, and 115 yards passing. So it's halftime at Andrus Stadium. Daniel Dio, 35. Andrus, 20. All right. Thank you very much, Jaime. I don't know who has the ball to start the second half. We uh, might want to text Jaime and let's just see who has it. Canyon 2 up 35-20 as Canyon 2 went down and scored with about a minute left to go and Andrus answered to stay in that game. Yeah, Andrus was first on the board in this contest, and I think they scored on their first drive. Uh, we got that one pretty pretty early. Malcolm okay. Anderson, the three-yard touchdown run. Oh, by the way, while I got it in front of me, Russ Bannister out at Chaparral. Halftime score, Gadsden, 26 to nothing, shutting out uh, mighty Chaparral. 26-zip. Thank you, Russ. We appreciate that. Russ was with us a long time ago there and was on part of the crew before he went back and started coaching football again, actually at Chaparral, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, you, you are mistaken because he's been with us this year. That's what happens when you, you don't know, come I around, Mark Miller. Past. I mean, in the past few years. Well, Bad, Bo Bagley knew that uh, Russ Bannister has been here on <laughs> <a> virtually <laughs> <laughs> every Thank week, you, Paul. every week, <laughs> only eight games. Uh, yeah, Gadsden could not get under onto our air tonight, but yeah. Russ Bannister's there and he's getting it on for us. All right. Thank you, Russ. Let's go out to Jeremy Caronco, Burgess and Chapin. Jeremy. Halftime here at Irvin Memorial Stadium. It is Chapin leading Burgess 28 to zero in a game that was moved from Austin to Irvin. If in case the viewers are wondering where we are here tonight, leading the way for the Leading 28-0 Chapin Huskies, Davion Singleton, the freshman. The story of this team right now is a highlight. A freshman quarterback, third game in. Tonight's 201 yards on 11 out of 15 through the air and four touchdowns to three different receivers. Brett Hallman was the first one, a 71-yard touchdown catch at the 229 mark of the first quarter for his first touchdown reception of the year. Savion Jordan with two touchdown receptions at the 926 and 536 mark of the second quarter from 36 to and 32 yards. That made it 21-0. And Anthony Rivera catches his second of the year, a 24-yard touchdown pass from the freshman quarterback, Davion Singleton. The Chapin Huskies, 251 yards, 201 through the air from their star freshman and 50 yards rushing. Davion Singleton also has 31 yards on four carries. For the Burgess Mustangs, some bright spots is Caleb Hanna, a junior in his third game, starting now for the third straight game. He's now overtaken as the leading rusher for the Burgess Mustangs on the year. 11 carries, 76 yards on the night. And Andrew Rutledge, who's averaging 117 yards through the air, just 7 out of 10 for 53 yards, 133 Burgess Mustangs yards to 251 for the Chapin Huskies. The Burgess Mustangs have been to the playoffs since every year since 2014, and they Look like they'll be falling to two and five unless they can mount a comeback and 0 and two in district. Chapin at two and four and one and 0 in district, looking to stay undefeated in district play. So halftime here at Irvin Memorial Stadium. It is Chapin leading Burgess 28 to zero. All right, thank you, Jeremy. Let's get out to JD Sursley, Riverside and San Ellie. JD. All right, Riverside is about to kick off to start the third quarter. They are up 45-6 to six in San Eli. Jose Gordardo at halftime ended up with 150 yards on the ground with two touchdowns. 
and then 78 yards uh, catching with one touchdown. Ian Montione, who is in for the injured Angel Munoz, is at 265 yards in the air with three touchdowns. Uh, Riverside, 45, San Eli 6, start of the third quarter. David, guess Jefferson and El Paso High. David? Yeah, El Paso uh, currently leading 14-8. to eight. There's eight minutes and 56 seconds left in the third quarter. So we've started the second half here. In the first half, quarterback for El Paso, Jerry Chires, in his return uh, after a four-game absence, over 150 all-purpose yards, a touchdown pass to Pablo Chavez, a 30-yard pass to Pablo Gonzalez that set up a four-yard touchdown run for running back Zach Mendoza. But right now, Jefferson has the ball after El Paso went three and out on their first drive of the third half. And Jefferson is looking to uh, cut into El Paso's 14-8 lead with 8.26 left in the third quarter. Thank you, David. Let's get out to Joe Rodriguez, Mountain View and Clint for a halftime update. Joe? Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, we are a little bit less than uh, a little bit more uh, less than two minutes away from the start of the second half here, where the Clint Lions are leading the Mountain View Lobos by the score of twenty-eight to zero. Well, what can I tell you? Actually, I should restate that again. I should say it's Alexis Payares twenty-eight to the, the Mountain View Lobos seven. Alexis Payares um, has been the star player of the night for the Clint Lions and of this game. He has nine carries, one hundred and twenty-two yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, the, the Clint Lions, uh, what can I say? They've carried the ball 29 times for 241 yards. Keep in mind, this is a team that thus far in this 2022 season has averaged 263.2 yards game. Uh, they just about accomplished that. They were 22 yards shy of it in the first half for the Mountain View Lobos. Uh, they've only been able to accumulate a grand total of 112 total offensive yards, and this is for a team that this season has averaged 471 yards of offense per game. I think that says uh, what the difference in this game has been tonight. It'll be interesting to see what kind of adjustments head coach DJ Check can make for the Mountain View Lobos to try and turn this around. We're moments away from kickoff. I'm going to go ahead and send it back to you on the studio where the Clint Lions are leading the Mountain View Lobos by the score of 28-7. to Alright, thank you, Joe. Let's get out to Ryan Vidalis. Fabens and Pecos. Ryan? With 8.35 left to play in the fourth quarter, the score is the Pecos Eagles 16 and the Fabens Wildcats 14. This fourth quarter has been a turnover city as you have both teams exchanging turnovers, uh, one of them leading to a safety from Pecos. A uh, high snap over the quarterback's head. Quarterback Colt, uh, I believe it's uh, Colt Salgado, tries to kick that ball out of the end zone. Uh, can't do so. He just falls on it to go ahead and take the safety. Uh, that lets Fabens uh, get two points closer. Once again right now, Fabens throws a touchdown pass. However, it is called back, and they are currently driving on the 30-yard line, they're going to be coming out on this on a third and long. With 8.35 left to play in the first quarter, it is Pecos Eagles 16, Fabians Wildcats 14. All right, Ryan, thank you very much. I don't think anybody wants to win that game, Paul. 
<laughs> Go ahead, score, only there's laundry on the field. Uh, you, th- those are the kind of plays you kick yourself uh, 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 about, you know, when, when you come away with the, with the L instead of the W. Mm-hmm. Let's run down our Oscar Arrieta Agency scoreboard in our 915 Tours Game of the Week. It's Franklin up 13-12 to at half over Eastlake. In a game that's the second game out at the sack, it's Montwood 7, Pebble Hills 6. That game with about one minute left to go in the first quarter. In the first game out at the sack, it's America's 49, Eldorado 42. Burgess and Chapin. Chapin, this game was delayed an hour because of venue change because the lights didn't work over at Austin. So they're over at Irvin tonight. It's Chapin all over Burgess, 28 zip at half. A good one over at Andrus. Can you teal up 35-20 at half over Andrus? And El Paso High up 14-8 over Jefferson. That game with about eight minutes left to go in the third quarter. All Riverside down at uh, in the valley there. 45-6 over San Eli. And Clint up 28-7 over Mountain View. And as we just heard from Ryan Vidalis, Pecos up 16-14 with about eight minutes left to go in that game. Thursday night scores, Eastwood all over Scoro 57-7, and Bowie defeated Irvin 28-21, and Gatson up over Chaparral 26-zip. All right, let's take a break right now. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso.
Six, 14 to six. 14 to six, what's All right, welcome back to Football Friday Night. Let's run down your Oscar Arrieta Agency scoreboard. In our 915 Tours Game of the Week, it's Franklin up over Eastlake 13 to 12 that game at halftime. Montwood up 14 to 6 now over Pebble Hills that game in the second quarter. That of course the second game out at the sack in the opening game. It was America's 49, El Dorado 42. Can you teal leading Andrus at halftime, 35 to 20, and it's Chapin up over Burgess, 28 zip. That also at halftime. Game in the third quarter, about eight minutes left to go in the third. It's El Paso I 14, Jefferson eight. At half, it's all Riverside, 45 to six over San Eli. And Clint Mountain View, it's Clint up 28 to 14. As Mountain View just got on the board a few minutes ago. That game in the third quarter. And added an onside kick. Remember, Clint started this game with an onside kick. Our Joe Rodriguez tells us Mountain View onside kicked to start the second half. Hey, how do you like that, buddy? Scored the touchdown, onside kicked again, and just recovered it. Mountain View Lobos down a couple of scores, but with the football and on the charge. Pecos up over Fabin, 16-14, eight minutes left to go in that game. And San Diego up two zip over L.A. I believe that game's now in the fifth, is it not, Paul? I believe it is. And Cleveland defeated the Yankees 4-2-10 today. You got some out-of-town scoreboard? Uh, I certainly do, since you asked. Uh, let's go to Central Texas. Speaking of, San Angelo Central looking to stay undefeated in District 26A, 49-27. They lead Odessa High. How about this one? Legacy falls to friendship last week. Only a couple of wins on the season. 26-25, they lead Odessa Permian. In Odessa at Ratliff Stadium. Wow, what a surprise that is. Speaking of surprises, Thursday night game, Abilene Wiley takes down Wichita Falls Ryder. Ryder always in the uh, regional finals game, and you figure with Lubbock Cooper out of the way moving up to the uh, 5A Division One, that you know maybe Ryder would have a clean ride through, uh, through that region. Well, they don't even have a clean ride through that district because Wiley comes away with the big one-point win last night, and then now they, they take the catbird seat in that district uh, 2-5A, uh, excuse me, Division Two. Elsewhere, Lubbock Cooper, speaking of those guys, D1, they lead Abilene High 11-8. to uh, Caprock ahead of Lubbock Monterey, 14-13. Another sort of shocker last night, Thursday nighter. Lubbock Coronado beats Amarillo High 28-17. to At Amarillo, I'd call that an upset. Elsewhere, the other Cooper, Abilene Cooper all over Paladero, 50-14. to Plainview killing Lubbock 62-19. to And uh, here's an interesting one, District uh, 1-4A, Division Two. that's Clint, Fabens, and Mountain View, who we're all hearing from tonight. Monahans looking to take the O from Fort Stockton, 38-29. They lead that one as it goes into the fourth quarter. Wow. Big score right there. Big score. You probably see Fort Stockton and Monahan sitting atop of that uh, 1-4-A Division Two. Let's get out to uh, Angel... Adrian brought us in our 915 Tours Game of the Week, East Late and Friday. Adrian? Hey, guys. We are about to start the third quarter. The Franklin Cougars up 13-12 to against the East Lake Falcons. The last update, I provided you with a lot of offensive stats. It's been a lot of defensive highlights in this game. First off, for the Cougars, they still haven't allowed a touchdown against the East Lake Falcons. So you got to give credit to the Franklin defense for that. And then East Lake has stopped Franklin twice. When the Cougars have driven in their own in the Falcons' territory, um, 
Other highlights to just mention, linebacker Hector Hinojos, a key pass break up at the line of scrimmage on third down for the Falcons. Uh, on the Cougars' side of things, Jordan Morales, the running back who, is also play, who also plays linebacker, he blocked a punt earlier today. And then safety, Bo Sparks, we talked about him a lot offensively with his seven catches for 96 receiving yards. He also had a fumble recovery in the first half. So, again, we're just getting started here with the third quarter. The Cougars on top of the Falcons, 13-12. to 12. All right, thank you, Adrian. Let's get out to Steve Escajeda, Pebble Hills and Montwood. Steve? Thanks a lot, guys. 3.32 left to go here before the half, and uh, Montwood now leading uh, Pebble Hills 14-6. to Montwood scoring on an Isaac Galvan 29-yard touchdown pass to Diego Oaxaca. Uh, that's their second uh, touchdown connection of the night. Uh, so far, what a ball game by uh, the quarterback Galvan of Montwood. 10 out of 17 through the air for 186 yards, and those two touchdown uh, passes, uh, Isaiah uh, Claudio, it's also a rush for 54 yards for Montwood. But uh, right now, Pebble Hills has uh, returned the favor. Uh, right now, they got a first and 10 at the Montwood 13-yard line. There's a timeout on the field right now. There's a tending to an injured player as we speak. So, again, Pebble Hills trying to answer that score. And, again, with a vaunted running game, they've got, uh, let's see, uh, Aaron Chacon, 59 yards on the ground. Uh, Jacob Ledesma, 47 yards on the ground. 25 for the quarterback, Gail Ochoa. So, again, they're pounding it on the ground, and uh, they're trying to get this thing it up uh, before the end of the half. 3.32 to go in the second quarter. It is Montwood, 14, Pebble Hill, 6. All right, thank you, Steve. Let's get out to David Guest, Jefferson and El Paso High for a live update. David? Yeah, El Paso just took a 21-8 lead. There's just over three and a half minutes left in the third quarter. And how it happened, uh, well, this team is starting to come around. As I mentioned, quarterback Jerry Chires and his return has been the story of uh, this game so far. But wide receiver, senior wide receiver and defensive back Pablo Gonzalez, he had a fumble recovery in the first half, got an interception off of uh, uh, sorry Jefferson changed their quarterback to Andre Lopez. Andre Lopez uh, was intercepted by Pablo Gonzalez. And a few plays later on the ensuing drive, Jerry Chires found him along the sideline. He caught it at about the 35-yard line, broke a tackle, and took it the rest of the way. So second touchdown pass of the night for Jerry Chires, and uh, the first touchdown score of the night for Pablo Gonzalez, his sixth of the season. He now has over 500 yards through the air on the year. El Paso leading 21-8 to with two and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Jefferson knocking on the door. All right, David, thank you very much. Let's get out to... Jaime Chavez, can you Tio and Andres? Jaime? 613 left in the third quarter. It is now Can you Tio 42 and Andres 20. Quarterback Jeremiah Knox, Can you Tio? He had a four yard touchdown run, and uh, that took uh, about four minutes off the clock on Can you Tio's opening drive in the third quarter. And on that particular drive, LJ Martin had 40 yards rushing and uh, Good play tonight for uh, the quarterback, Knox. He's got three touchdown passes of 53 and 45 yards to Lorenzo Arriola and also a 30-yard touchdown pass to L.J. Martin in, in addition to his uh, just-completed four-yard touchdown run. L.J. Martin, he's got 133 yards rushing tonight on 12 carries, and he caught a 30-yard uh, touchdown pass from Knox, and Martin also has an eight-yard touchdown run. The scoring for Andrus, Malcolm Anderson, touchdown runs of 39 and three yards, and quarterback Elias Duncan, 
a one-yard touchdown run just before the half. 5.30 left in the third quarter. Once again, Ganyutio is on the move, and it's Ganyutio 42 and Andres 20. All right, thank you, Jaime. Let's get out to Jeremy Caranco, Burgess and Chapin. Jeremy? 8.40 left to go in the third quarter, and Chapin is adding on. It's 35-0 to zero over Burgess. Davion Singleton, we mentioned four air touchdowns, 201 yards. How about a rushing touchdown, 31-yard rushing touchdown? It is all the freshmen tonight taking over for the Huskies, 282 yards for the Huskies, and Singleton has about 90% of that. <laughs> for the uh, Burgess Mustangs, Caleb Hanna trying to do what he can. Now up to 83 yards and 12 carries, 162 yards for the Mustangs. But it's all shaping, 807 third quarter, 35-0 over Burgess. Wow. Seven years in a row in the playoffs. <laughs> Three years in a row, district champs, uh, tri-champs a couple of those years, uh, uh, shared the title. Uh, one of those years, Burgess not going to be the, the district champs. This year, that's pretty obvious. They get pretty good uh, quarterback play from Andrew Rutledge. But uh, Tavares Jones is off to Missouri now, and uh, so did all the other skill guys. They didn't all go to Missouri, but they're, they're not at Burgess anymore. They all graduated, so... Kind of an empty uh, cupboard. Uh, this is the first year where, you know, Neil Rutledge, his, what, eighth now mm-hmm. as a head football coach at Burton? Actually, actually, seventh, sorry. They got in the playoffs the year before he showed up. But first year where he's really going to have to coach. Uh, they're going to lose tonight against uh, uh, Chapin, a team that a few weeks ago looked like couldn't get out of its own way. What he's going to have to do uh, this year if he wants to make the playoffs is beat the El Paso High Tigers and beat Jefferson, anything short of that, and uh, they're going to be watching like like uh, about 13 other teams in the city. Chapin doing that with a freshman quarterback. Davion Singleton, and they just plugged him in a few weeks ago. As I said, uh, you know, about a month ago, it didn't look like these guys could get out of their way, uh, out of their own way. Well, this guy wasn't in a quarterback. He was the running back, and uh, they made a move. I don't know if it was by necessity or by choice, but so far, so good. By the end of the night, he's going to be 3-0 and as a starting uh, quarterback, and, it, and as you <laughs> Most importantly said, as a freshman. Track meet going on down at Riverside, between Riverside and San Eli. Let's get out to J.D. Sursley. J.D.? Left in the third, 22 seconds left in the third quarter. Riverside 51, San Eli 6. Um, Jose Godardo, I was mentioning earlier, with uh, two touchdowns on the ground, 78 yards uh, catching through, uh, through the air. He's at 180 on the ground so far. Adrian Estrada, Tristan Lopez both have multiple touchdowns. Ian Montione in for the injured Angel Munoz is pushing for 300 yards in the air with multiple touchdowns. Again, fourth quarter is about to begin. Riverside Rangers, 51 cent LA 6. All right. Thank you, J.D. Let's get out to Joe Rodriguez, Mountain View and Clint. Joe? 34, 4.34 left in the third quarter, and it is the Clinton Lions leading the Mountain View with a score of 28-14 to 14 to open up the second half. An onside kick by the Mountain View Lobos that was recovered by them. From there, they only went two plays, 40 yards, a 34-yard, uh, excuse me, touchdown run by Gilbert Gamboa, his second of the night to make it 28-14 with 11.24 left at the third quarter at that time. From there, the Mountain View Lobos onside kicked again. They recovered again, but then turned the ball over on downs. On the ensuing possession by the Clint Lions, they were in the red zone and also had a turnover by downs on a couple of botched snaps. And right now, the Mountain View Lobos are looking at 
third and two from their own 46-yard line. We have a official timeout due to injury with 4.36 to go in the third quarter. It is Clint leading Mountain View by the score of 28-14. All right. Thank you, Joe. Let's get out to Ryan Vidalis. Pecos and Favens. Ryan? It's a final here at Wildcat Stadium, and it is the Pecos Eagles 16, the Favens Wildcats 14. Uh, this game just ended right now after the uh, Pecos Eagles took a knee. Um, running back Isaac Urutia actually left this game in the first quarter with an injury, and since then, Pecos was struggling to get anything going on offense, forcing them to go to a passing attack where quarterback Eric Ortiz ends up throwing two more picks during the game. A uh, bunch of turnovers in that fourth quarter. But uh, just to cap off some of the final stats for you here, quarterback Eric Ortiz finished 14 of 30 with two touchdowns and two interceptions. Running back Isaac Urutia, 18 carries and 120 yards. And you had two running back, I mean, sorry, two receivers uh, scoring touchdowns for the Fabians Wildcats. Ivan Urutia, number three, had three catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. And Jorge Lopez, Three catches for 79 yards and one touchdown. On the opposite side of the ball, uh, Pecos Eagles quarterback Colt Salgado finished with 11 and 19, 11 for 19, 167 yards, one touchdown and one interception. And leading all receivers, you had number seven Jesus Nevado, four catches, 96 yards and one touchdown. Pecos gets this District 14A Division Two win, and once again, at a Wildcat Stadium, that final is Pecos. 16, Fabian's 14. Well, Paul, they could probably kick themselves. They're inside the three-yard line. Absolutely right. First and goal from the three. First and goal from the three. Couldn't get it in. And and, and, and Ryan kind of talked around it, but, uh, you know, he reported it to us uh, perfectly earlier on. Isaac Gurutia, who really is their their big weapon, ran for 120 uh, a week ago in the loss to Mountain View. But from uh, first and goal from the three, gets hurt on the first play. They take him out. So what do they do? They say, ah, we better throw the football now. Eric Ortiz throws the end zone pick. That's tag into the first half. They come away with nothing. And then you look at the end of the game. What is it? 16-14. to 14. Bare minimum, have Julian Malucci on your team and knock in a field goal from that distance. And, and maybe you come away with a one-point win, a huge win. Instead, you go home disappointed on a homecoming night out in Fabens. Let's run down your Oscar Arrieta Agency scoreboard at our 915 Tours Game of the Week. It's Franklin up over Eastlake, 13-12, that game at half. A game, the second game of a double hitter, that's in the second quarter right now with about three minutes left to go in the first half. It's Montwood 14, Pebble Hills 6. In the first game of that double hitter, it was America's 49, Eldorado 42. Five minutes left to go in the third quarter. It's Canyon Teal up over Andrus. 42 to 20 with eight left to go in the third quarter. It's Chapin 35, Burgess nothing. El Paso High leads Jefferson with three minutes left to go in the third, 21 to 8. It's all Riverside over San Eli, 51 to 6. That game just going to the fourth quarter. With about four minutes left to go in the third, it's Clint 28, Mountain View 14. And as Ryan just reported, Pecos defeated Fabin 16 to 14. Let's take a break right now. We come back, we'll have some more scores for you and some more updates. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso.
Welcome back to Football Friday Night. Let's run down your Oscar Arrieta Agency scoreboard. In our 915 Tours Game of the Week, it's Franklin up 13-12. That game at half will be right out with Adrian Broadus here at the top of the rotation. Steve Escajeda has a good one out at the sack. Second game of the sack is knotted at 14 apiece. About two minutes left to go in the first half. In the first game, it was America's 49-42 over El Dorado. Canyon Teal up 42 to 25 minutes left to go in the third over Andrus. And uh, Chapin up 35 zip over Burgess. That was about eight left to go in the third. So Paso High 21 to eight over Jefferson with three minutes left to go in the third. It's all Riverside on San Ellis. They're going into the fourth quarter. Riverside up 51 to six. Clint, 28, Mountain View, 14. Four minutes left to go in the third. 28-21 now, Mark Miller. 28 Here comes Mountain View. We've got a game going. We'll have to get out to Joe Rodriguez, get an update on that one. And Fabens and Pecos. Pecos defeated Fabens 16-14. to That game started at 6.30. All right, let's go to the top of the list. Our 915 Tours Game of the Week, East Lake and Franklin, with Adrian Broadus. Adrian? <laughs> Three minutes, 55 seconds left in the third quarter, and the Franklin Cougars are still leading the East Lake Falcons 13-12 to in a great back-and-forth game. I'll tell you how this one has gone so far in the third quarter. Uh, East Lake drove all the way down the field against the Cougars. In fact, it was a Luke Lamelli 55-yard connection to Isae Parea. That, and they found themselves all the way down to the Cougar 11-yard line. But then a fumble occurred, and it was safety Yair Ramirez of Franklin who recovered the fumble, and Franklin moved the ball near midfield, but Eastlake just stopped them, forcing Franklin to punt near their own 34-yard line. So I'm going to send it back to you guys with three minutes, 11 seconds left here in the third quarter. Franklin still leads Eastlake 13-12. to And there's another case of it, Mark Miller. We already talked. This is how Eastlake one last week. Montwood kept making mistakes in plus territory. We just heard Fabens come out on the short into 16-14 when they're easy in easy field goal range. Tag into the first half. First and goal from the three and throw an end zone pick. And now Eastlake down at the 11. Fumbles it away. Let's remember those three points. You got uh, Julian Malucci as your kicker. That's a sure three points that they just uh, flushed away unfortunately. Good defense. Nice hit. Uh, terrific strip I'm sure from that Franklin defense. But, again, a big mistake at a big moment could cost Eastlake. Good game going on at the sack, the second game of the night. Pebble Hills and Montwood. Let's get out to Steve Escajeda. Steve? Thanks a lot, guys. We've got 106 to go before halftime, and it's all tied up now. 14-14, Pebble Hills and Montwood. Pebble Hills uh, just scoring Gail Ochoa, their quarterback, on a six-yard run. They decided to go for two. That made it 14-12. Uh, Ochoa, after a scrambling quite a bit, finally found Marcus Torres, his right receiver in the back of the end zone for that two-point conversion to tie things up at 14. Right now, we've got, again, uh, just under a minute to go, 53 seconds to go before halftime. Mott would have driven the ball all the way down to the Pebble Hills four-yard line. We're looking at a uh, second and goal from there. And, in fact, there's a timeout on the field right now, so Montwood trying to retake that lead just before halftime. Steve, why don't you stay with us? Steve, stay with us. All right. We'll let you make that call. Let's get out to Jaime Chavez. Can you tee on Andrews? Jaime? One left in the 11-21 left in the fourth quarter. It is Can you tee 42 and Andrews 20. And can you quarterback, Jeremiah Knox, he's got three touchdown passes, 53 and 45 yards to Lorenzo Areola 
Also a 30-yard touchdown pass to L.J. Martin. And Knox also added a four-yard touchdown run. L.J. Martin, an eight-yard touchdown run. Anthony Ayala, a five-yard touchdown run for Canutillo. Martin has a 15 carries, 152 yards rushing. And Knox, he's eight of 12, 160 yards passing and three touchdowns. The scoring for Andrus, Malcolm Anderson, touchdown runs of 39 and three yards. And Elias Duncan, a one-yard touchdown run. So we've got 11-12 left in the fourth quarter at Andrus Stadium. Daniel Thiel, 42, Andrus 20. Thank you, Jaime. Let's get out Steve Escajeda with the call. Montwood, Pebble Hill. Steve? Well, it is not, It is now 20-14, to 14, Montwood. Make that 21. They just added the extra point. Uh, on the very next play from the four-yard line, uh, Isaiah Claudio ran it in straight up the middle from there, uh, again, to give Montwood a 21-14 to lead with 46 seconds left to go before halftime. That's, uh, that could be a killer for uh, Pebble Hills. But, uh, again, uh, both teams going back and forth tonight. It's the, the running attack of Pebble Hills against the passing attack of Montwood. Really good ball game here at the sack. Again, 46 seconds to go before halftime. Montwood. As we take in the lead, they lead Pebble Hills 21-14. to 14. And, Mark, Steve nailed it exactly. The passing attack of Montwood is what makes them so dangerous. They have, uh, you know, I thought it was four receivers that can all catch the football. That's what they do. If you hit them, they're going to catch the football. But last week, uh, Max Fuentes, who was one of those four receivers, he goes down. They bring, just off the bench, Jeremiah Steeb, and it was in a loss uh, to Eastlake. But what's he do? Oh, a jump ball in the right corner end, end zone. Touchdown, Steeb. Early third quarter, seam route, Steeb, 53 yards down the field. So, you know, you got to give the coaches a little credit as well. Whoever's coaching these guys, coaching the schemes, these receivers are fearless, and they catch everything that goes their way. Diego Oaxaca, couple of touchdowns tonight. Last week, 14 catches for more than 200 yards. Remember the little brother of Yamil Oaxaca. Well, he's not the little brother anymore. He is the boss for that Montwood Air game. But, boy... Isaac Galvan has targets of opportunity, and if he puts the ball on him, they're going to catch it. Let's get out to Joe Rodriguez, Mountain View and Clint. Joe? And, end of the third quarter, and it is Clint leading the Mountain View Lobos by the score of 28-21. to 21. The Mountain View Lobos just completed a 62-yard drive over 12 plays that was capped off by a three-yard touchdown run by Gilbert Gamboa. His third rushing touchdown of the night. This game is turning into the battle of Alexis Payares versus Gilbert Gamboa for the Mountain View Lobos. Right now, the the Clint Lions just went three and out, and the Lobos are approximately uh, about to hit midfield uh, on third down here to start the fourth quarter. So I'm going to send it back to you all in the studio. After three quarters, it is Clint leading Mountain View by the score of 28-21. to 21. Comeback in that one, 28-21, that game just going into the fourth quarter. Let's get out to Jeremy Caranco, Burgess and Chapin. Jeremy? 45 seconds left to go in the third quarter, and Chapin is now leading Burgess. 40 to 0. Since we last spoke, it was 35 0. A little bit of a funky uh, last two plays are set for Burgess. They uh, look three and out, and then on the suing Chapin possession, they get a 24 yard field goal from Jovan Moreno. Made it 38 0. And Burgess on the next position, they're often struggling on the night. Shut out twice in the year, and now no points, and then a blocked punch by Joshua Israel Chapin through the end zone. 
made it 40 to zero where we are right now. So a safety adds those two points. And now Burgess, as you know, changes possession in those safeties back to Chapin. So 37 seconds left to go third quarter. It is Chapin 40 and Burgess zero. All right. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Let's get out to David Guest, El Paso High and Jefferson. David? Yeah, El Paso High still leading this one 21 to eight. The difference now, there's only seven minutes left in the game. And Jefferson just came up empty. They went for it on fourth and goal, but quarterback Andre Lopez couldn't connect with his favorite receiver, Dylan Navarro. So El Paso has just taken over at their own 10-yard line, and they're holding a 21-8 to lead again with just under seven minutes to go in this one. All right. Thank you, David. Let's get out to J.D. Sursley, Riverside and San L.A. J.D.? Two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Riverside, 51, San Eli, 6. Riverside is just cruising and wasting the clock now. The, they've, they've taken out all, all the big boys. Jose Gardardo ended up with 180 on the ground, 78 uh, catching yards, um, three touchdowns. Adrian Estrada, two touchdowns. Tristan Lopez, multiple touchdowns. Two, Ian Montione, uh over 300 yards passing. Um, Riverside all day, all night, uh, 51 to San LA 6, a minute and 30 left, winding the clock down. Okay, thank you, J.D., that game, Riverside just dominating that game. Let's take a break right now. We come back, we'll uh, get back out to some of our closer games tonight and get a halftime update from Steve Escajeda. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso.
Spirit in the sky. Welcome back to Football Friday Night. Let's get out to our 915 Tours Game of the Week, East Lake and Franklin with Adrian Broadus. Adrian? 27 seconds left here in the third quarter. Cougars have taken a 20-12 to lead against the East Lake Falcons to build on their current lead right now. I'll tell you how it happened. It was quarterback Shea Smith hitting wide receiver Bo Sparks in stride for a 62-yard touchdown connection. Shea Smith is now 17-27 to through the air, 234 passing, and he's got a pair of passing touchdowns to none other than Bo Sparks, who's got nine catches, 161 receiving yards. You can just tell by the, the stats of how many times these two have hooked up tonight. And it's been a, it's been a great game, back-and-forth battle uh, on one end with Eastlake. They're really getting a lot of production from their quarterback, Luke Lamelli, not only on the ground, uh, not only through the air, but also on the ground. And I also really like what I'm seeing from wide receiver Isae Perea. He has six catches, 112 receiving yards today, uh, and also has 18 rushing yards as well. So I'm going to send it back to you guys. 27 seconds left here in the third quarter. Franklin on top of Eastlake, 20 to 12. And Mark, when Franklin went down a couple of weeks ago against Mawid, Bo Sparks only had one catch. A 39-yard catch early in the second half until the final drive of the contest. He's their alpha. I mean, aside from uh, you know uh, the quarterback Shea Smith, the receiver is the one who makes the plays and made no plays. Montwood found a way to shut him down. Well, Eastlake, looking at that game film, uh, they weren't able to duplicate that tonight. Sparks makes a huge play. When Sparks goes well, the Franklin Cougar offense goes well. They have a 20-12 to lead. All right, let's get out to Steve Escajeda, Pebble Hills, and Montwood for a halftime report. Steve? It is halftime here at the SAC, and Monwood out in front of Pebble Hills, 21-14. to Monwood scoring just before the end of the half on a Isaiah Claudio four-yard run. That's the difference in the ballgame so far. Uh, first of all, for uh, Pebble Hills, again, that running attack, uh, well, they've uh, put up 159 yards. Here's a strange little stat here. Coming into the ballgame, Pebble Hills, a very balanced offense, 203 yards rushing, 175 passing. Not so much tonight. 159 yards on the ground, two yards passing. Uh, Gail Ochoa, one out of five through the air for those two yards. Uh, um, he had scored a touchdown on the ground. Uh, and uh, Aaron, or Ch- Aaron uh, Chacon had 59 yards on the ground. Uh, Jacob Ledesma, 53. But, again, no passing game whatsoever for Pebble Hills tonight. For the Mountwood Rams, uh I, Isaiah Claudio leads them on the ground, 11 carries, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, a couple of milestones were hit for uh, Montwood or, or either hit or come close to in the first half. Uh, quarterback I, Isaac Galvan needed 64 yards to reach the 2,000 mark. Well, yeah, I think he did it. Uh, 14 for 25, 260 yards passing in the first half, two touchdowns and one pick. And the other guy with Diego Oaxaca, he needed 138 yards tonight to reach the 1,000-yard receiving number. Well, first half, six, ca- six catches, 128 yards, and two touchdowns. So he's only uh, 10 yards off of that. Uh, Paul spoke about him earlier. Jeremiah Steve also having a good ball game, four catches for 80 yards. Uh, Montwood, 327 total yards in that uh, first half. Uh, as we said, 260 of those coming through the air. So it's halftime. We got a wild one. Great ball game here at the sack. Motwood, 
out in front of Pebble Hills, 21 to 14. All right, thank you very much, Steve. Let's get it to Jaime Chavez. Can you, Tio, and Andrews? Jaime? 5.33 left in the fourth quarter. is Can you, Tio, 49, and Andrews, 20. L.J. Martin, a 98-yard touchdown run. Martin, 16 carries, 250 yards rushing, and he's uh, closing in on that 1,000-yard mark for the season. And he also had an 8-yard touchdown run and caught a 30-yard touchdown pass uh, from quarterback Jeremiah Knox. Uh, Knox, good numbers tonight. He's 9 of 13, 160-yard passing. Three touchdown passes to, to Lorenzo Arreola of uh, 53 and 45 yards, and also that 30-yard touchdown pass to L.J. Martin. And Martin also has a four-yard touchdown run as Andrus is at. They got a, a fourth and goal at the 14, and this will sail out of bounds. This pass to Jeremiah Duncan, or Elias Duncan, a lot of uh, pressure on Duncan. He's been sacked uh, four times tonight by the Canutio defense, and Canutio will take over at their own 14-yard line. And the only the scoring thus far for Andrus, Malcolm Anderson, he's got uh, uh, touchdown runs of 39 and 3 yards. Elias Duncan, a one-yard touchdown run. Malcolm Anderson on the ground, 13 carries, uh, 93 yards rushing, and the two touchdowns. Duncan is uh, 10 of 22, 150 yards passing. It's like we've got a timeout on the field. Uh, we'll send it back to you. We've got... Uh, 5.25 left in the fourth quarter at Andrus Stadium. Daniel Thiel, 49, and Andrus, 20. All right, thank you very much, Jaime. Let's get out to Jeremy Caranco. Burgess and Chapin, Jeremy. 7.23, fourth quarter. It's Chapin, 40, and Burgess, 0. The freshman, we talked about him all night, Davion Singleton, 15 out of 21, 234 yards and four touchdowns. That'll be his final stat line, and through the ground, 99 yards rushing on eight carries as Aiden Quinn, the junior, replaces the freshman. Hey, let's give our freshman star quarterback some rest as he'll be done for the night. The Chapin going to be cruising to 2-0 and in district. So 7-19, fourth quarter. It is Chapin 40 and Burgess 0. Okay, thank you, Jeremy. And Mark Russ Bannister chimes in. Three quarters complete out at Chaparral. Mighty Gadsden, 44 to nothing, all over Chaparral. All right, that 3-3. Three, three. All right. El Paso High and Jefferson. Let's get out to David Guest. Got a good one going out there. Probably about five minutes left to go in that game. David? Yeah, 422 left in this one, and Jefferson just scored their second touchdown of the game. It's their first since the first drive of the game. The score now, 21-15, to 15, El Paso leads. Uh, and uh, uh, Jefferson is not known for being a passing team. They actually haven't had a touchdown pass yet this season from a quarterback, but it was wow. wide receiver Jorge Villanueva on the reverse play that threw an 11-yard touchdown pass to wide receiver Dylan Navarro. Their number one option at receiver is actually his first touchdown of the season, though he has over 300 yards on the year. El Paso currently has the ball. Uh, first down, Jerry Chires just ran the ball for nine yards. Clock is ticking. Three minutes and 54 seconds left. Second and five. I'm sorry, it was only five yards for Shiraz. Second and five right now for El Paso, and the ball is in their hands. Uh, they got this one with a six-point lead and just over three and a half minutes to go. All right, we'll check in with you shortly here, David. Uh, let's go out to our 915 Tours Game of the Week with Adrian Broadus. Adrian? 
846 left here in the game. The Cougars have taken a two-touchdown lead against the East Lake Falcons. They lead them 26-12 after Shea Smith, quarterback for the Cougars, hit wide receiver Elias Rangel on an 81-yard touchdown play on a slant pass. Uh, and now the Cougars have now gone up by two touchdowns. Extra point is no good. Cougars up 26-12, again, with 8.46 to go in this game. All right, thank you, Adrian. Let's get out to Joe Rodriguez, Mountain View in Clint. Joe? 2.43 left in the ball game, and it is Clint leading Mountain View by a score of 28-21. to Right now, the Mountain View Lobos are third and 10 from their own 25-yard line and just dumped off a quick little screen pass for four yards. It's going to be four. Correction, third and six. It was second and 10. It's going to be third and six coming up for the Mountain View Lobos from their own 29-yard line. I do have to say that there has been two questionable decisions by each head coach late in this game, uh, the uh, Mountain View uh, Lobos decided to go for it on like fourth and nine in their own territory at their own 46-yard line. They tried to convert. They failed to convert. Turnover on downs on the ensuing possession, the Clint Lions. Uh, it was second and 18 at the Mountain View Lobo 30-yard line, second and 18, and they passed the ball to get it intercepted, To which brings us to where we're at right now with less than two minutes to gain. To go in the game, the Mountain View Lobos just got a first down, and he just heaves it deep, and it is caught by number 11 for the Mountain View Lobos at the Clint Lions 21-yard line. Abraham Martinez on the reception, and it is first and down, well, first and ten from the Mountain View Lobos at their own 21-yard line, and we have a timeout on the field. Coach. Clint, Coach Martinez, go ahead, uh, decides to call a timeout with 147 left in the game. Gentlemen, what do you want me to do? Why don't you stay there, stay on hold. We're going to go out to David Guest, uh, El Paso, Jefferson, and we're going to come right back to you. So, David, you got it. Yeah, guys, uh, the teams are coming out of their huddles, and El Paso is lining up. If you guys want to stay with me, El we're Paso staying is with lining you. up for a well, okay, thank you. El Paso is lining up for a fourth and what looks like a long one yard. Um, and they're actually, El Paso is still in the huddle now. They're coming out of the huddle. So fourth and one coming up for El Paso. We're down to a minute and 40 seconds left. El Paso leads 21 to 15. Jerry Chires lining up under the center for El Paso. Got two centers, uh, two receivers rather. Wide to his left. And they're both going to motion to the right side. At the 45-yard line of Jefferson. And Tyrez breaks it out. Goes out wide to the left end. Past his left tackle for over 10 yards. Looks about 15 yards. That's going to be a first down for El Paso. And that might just be it. All right, David, uh, we'll, we'll come back to you for a final update. Let's get out to Joe Rodriguez, Mountain View, and Clint. Joe? Okay, Mark, we have 147 left in the ball game, and it is first and 10 from the Mountain View, or from uh, the Clint Lions 21-yard line for Mountain View. Mountain View just had a false start. So right now it is first and 15 from the 26th 
yard line shotgun formation for the Clint Lions. As uh, the quarterback scrambles for the Mountain View Lions, he's scrambling left, and he is going to take the sack at the Mountain View, or excuse me, at the Clint 31-yard line with 134 left in the game. The clock keeps running. We have less than 90 seconds to go in the game, and it is going to be second down and about 20 yards to go for the Mountain View Lobos. The quarterback for the Mountain View Lobos, Joel Padilla, scrambled on that one and got sacked once again is Padilla out of the shotgun formation. He heaves it left towards the end zone, and it is incomplete. It will be now third and 21 for the Mountain View Lobos with 110 left in the game. It's been an interesting game this entire game of the Mountain View Lobos. Obviously, with their high-powered offense, uh, had the potential to get back into this one after trailing at halftime by the score of 28-7. to Obviously, the Mountain View Lobos defense has done quite of a job, uh, quite a heck of a job keeping the Lions scoreless in the second half. Here we go. Third and 21, shotgun, three receivers to the right. Quarterback, he's it once again down into the end zone, looking for his receiver, and he finds his receiver caught at the Clint Lions three-yard line for the Mountain View Lobos. Hansel Hernandez on the reception. It is going to be first and ten coming up from the Clint three-yard line for the Mountain View Lobos. Shotgun formation, and we have a timeout on the field. The Clint Lions take a timeout. It'll be their second timeout of the half. Okay, Gentlemen. Joe, just Joe, just stay with us. I'm going to run down some scores here. When they're ready to come up to the line of scrimmage, just jump right in. Right now, Mountain View threatening to score. They're on the Clint three-yard line. Clint leading 28-21. I believe that's probably with about a minute 20 left to go. A final score, Pecos defeated Fabin 16-14. A good one going on over at Franklin as Franklin is leading Eastlake 26-12 with eight minutes left to go in the game. They're at half out at the sack between Mountwood and Pebble Hills. Mountwood up 21-14. Canyon Teal putting this one away against Andrus. They're up 49-20 with five minutes left to go in that one. It was all shaping tonight, 40-zip. Seven minutes left to go in that game over Burgess. And a good one over at El Paso High as El Paso High is probably going to hold on to win this game as they have possession of the ball and will probably run the clock out 21-15. to 15. All right, Joe, take it away. Shotgun formation, tight pack, handoff to Gamboa, and he is stopped at the line of scrimmage. It will be actually loses one yard, and it will be second and goal from the Clint Lions' fourth yard line. That was the 12th play of the drive, a drive that started at the Mount View Lobos second of uh, at the Mount View uh, Lobos two yard line, and now we have another timeout on the field. This time it was it is taken by the Mount View Lobos. Mark timeout on the field. Joe, how many timeouts do both teams have? The Mount View they each have one timeout left. Okay, so we're looking at a second down and goal on the four yard line for Mountain View. And uh, how much time is left in that one? 48 seconds, 48.9 right. seconds. All right, plenty of time to score. They can run three plays if they have to. All right, last, last night's game, Eastwood defeated Socorro 57-7. to And in the first game of a double hitter today over at the SAC, America's defeated El Dorado 
49-42, and it's all Gadsden over Chaparral. That game in the fourth quarter, 44 to zip. Bowie defeated Irvin 28-21. As I just mentioned to you before, Franklin up 26-12, eight minutes left to go in our 915 Tours game of the week. Let's get Adrian on the line again. And uh, let's also get Jaime on the line as a backup here, as Kenny Teal is pretty much, uh, that game is pretty much out of reach for Andrus right now, 49-20. to 20. There was five minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Jaime's probably pretty close to a final there, so we can get his wrap-up. And uh, Chapin all over Burgess, 40 to zip. Uh, that one's probably going to be final here shortly. In El Paso High and Jefferson, let's get David. Uh, up on the line, too. I believe that game's probably going to go final. El Paso High should hold on to that one. 21-15. to 15. They had less than a minute left to go with a first down and 10, and I don't think Jefferson had but maybe one timeout left in that one. Final Riverside track meet over San L.A., 51-6. to 6. And like we're talking right now, good game going on out at uh, Clint. Clint trying to hold on. 28-21. Mountain View threatening on their four-yard line. Go ahead and take it, Joe. Oh, we got Joe, though, don't we? Okay, Joe, take it away. Joe, go ahead and take it away. Okay, thank you very much, Mark. And the Mountain View Lobos have just scored from four yards out. They ran a spread of formation and handed off to the running back, Gilbert Gamboa, for his fourth touchdown of the night. And guess what? The Mountain View Lobos have decided to go for two, and uh, they went out for a formation to go for two and go to take the lead with 45 seconds left. And the Mountain View Lobos lined up and called a timeout. So now both teams are coming out of the timeout. Clarification, neither team has any more timeouts. The friendly staff here at the press box reminded me that Clint doesn't have any t- timeouts either. So here we go for the two-point conversion for the Mountain View Lobos. Padilla in the shotgun pistol formation. He hands it off to Gamboa. Gamboa breaks to the left, and he dives in, and he is short. Oh, Gamboa, stop the, on the run on the left side. End zone. He is short, no doubt about it. The Clint Lions stop Christian Gamboa on the two-point conversion to make the score 28-27. to The Clint Lions are holding on to the lead with 45 seconds left in the ballgame, Mark. Stay on line because we're going to see an onside kick here. And and remember, Mark Miller, Mountain View has already covered two of these uh, surprise onsides to start the second half. They got them both. They're going to have to pull off the hat trick if they want to win this big game. Okay, Angel, we're going to keep keep him uh, queued up. And, uh, Joe, you just take it away. Uh, just interrupt what we're doing here. We're going to try to get out to Adrian. From from Dave Guest, uh, final out at R.R. Jones Stadium, 21-15, to 15, the El Paso High Tigers. Jerry Titus, the quarterback, returns, and they come away with a big win over Jefferson. All right, we'll get to Dave shortly and get a final on his game and get some stats on it. And I know we had Adrian keyed in here. Let's go out to Adrian real quick, and uh, let, let's get him on the air. And Adrian, are you there? Adrian, are you there? Hey, guys, three minutes left in Make the it game quick, Adrian. As, uh, the Franklin... Yep, three minutes left in the game. Cougars up 26-12 against Eastlake. Uh, the Cougars just stopped the Falcons at uh, the Franklin Cougar 48-yard line, and the Cougars trying to run out the clock. So, again, three minutes to go. Cougars up 26-12 to over Eastlake. All right, thank you, Adrian. Let's get back out to Joe Rodriguez. Mountain View and Clint looking for the onside kick here. Oh, here we go. Both teams are on the field, and obviously it is no secret the Mountain View 
Lobos are going to be going for the onside kick. They break the huddle. They kick the ball. It goes 10 yards. It goes a little bit further. And it might have been recovered by Mountain View. Although the Clint Lions are pretty sure there is a scramble at the Clint 42-yard line. The officials have yet to make an indication. And the Lions have the ball with 45 seconds to go in the game. It is going to be the Clint Lions taking possession of the football at their own 42-yard line. Right now with the score being the Clint Lions leading the Mountain View Lobos by the score of 28-27. to All right, Joe, good job. That will probably stay that way. They just have to take a knee. No timeouts left for Mountain View, so that game is pretty much in the books unless something really strange and it's not Halloween yet. And the 11th straight loss for Mountain View versus Clint. Last time they won this thing, 2012, 21-12 winners. And, uh, gosh, that was back with uh, with that Flores kid, a uh, couple of touchdowns. Nice player. Saw him in the Senior Bowl. He didn't get catch too many Mountain View games back then. All right, we've had about four games that went final. El Paso High, as Paul just mentioned, defeated Jefferson 21-15. Riverside defeated San Eli 51-6. And uh, Pecos defeated Fabin 16-14. to It's Franklin up over Eastlake 26-12, to and that would be a big win for Franklin. Uh, three Huge. minutes left to go in that game. We're going to get out to Adrian Broadus real quick here. Uh, Montwood up 21-14, that game at half. Let's get uh, Adrian on the line again if we can, Angel. And then Jaime Chavez, whenever you're ready, call in, and we'll get your final report. Can you, Teal? 49 to 20. There was five minutes left in that one. It's probably over by now. And also, Jeremy Caranco, Chapin, and Burgess is 40 to zip. That was about seven. Is that? Five? And that one's gone final. 40 to seven. Uh, Burgess gets a consolation touchdown at the end. Uh, I guess the offense can save face. They didn't okay. get shut out. Okay, let's go to David Guest for a final wrap up on El Paso High and Jefferson. David, go ahead, David. Proves. <clears throat> El Paso improves to four and three as they're victorious tonight, twenty-one to fifteen over Jefferson. Uh, El Paso, as I mentioned, improves to four and three. They're now one and one in district. Jefferson falls to three and four, and they're zero oh and two in district play. This game began with uh, on the opening drive. Jefferson drove down the field and it capped off their drive with a ten-yard touchdown run from quarterback Roman Gomez. He also scored a two-point conversion. After that, it was all about the return of quarterback Jerry Chires for El Paso after a four-game absence finishes tonight with over 250 all-purpose yards and two touchdown scores. But it was his clutch play that really made the difference in this one. Uh, in the fourth, Late in the fourth quarter with under two minutes to go, he lines up for a quarterback, what looked like a quarterback sneak. It ended up being a quarterback sneak but he takes it to the outside uh, around his left tackle for a 15-yard run. That was a first down for El Paso. Uh, Jefferson had one timeout left. They used that, but El Paso ran out the clock to win this one. Again, uh, as I mentioned, they improved to 4-3, and 1-1 one and one in district. Jefferson falling to 3-4, and 0-2 oh in district play. 60 yards rushing for uh, running back. Uh, Rubio for uh, Jefferson. Sorry, I'll get you a first name for uh, Rubio there. That was Miguel Rubio over 60 yards. The touchdown for Gomez. Uh, first touchdown pass of the season for Jefferson going to wide receiver for Di- to uh, wide receiver Dylan Navarro. But again, 
coming up short tonight in El Paso with the victory. Great news for El Paso. I'm hearing from uh, the father and also linebackers coach for El Paso, Coach Johnson, father of Lorenz Johnson, running back, is expected to be back next week at Burgess. So El Paso is rolling with only good things to come. All right, David, final out there. Great job. 21-15 El Paso High over Jefferson. Let's go with the Jaime Chavez for a wrap-up on Can You Teal and Andrus. Jaime? It's a final. Can You Teal 49 and Andrus 20 at Andrus Stadium. Quarterback Jeremiah Knox of Can You Teal, he had three touchdown passes, 53 and 45 yards to Lorenzo Arreola. Also a 30-yard touchdown pass to L.J. Martin. Martin had touchdown runs of 98 and 8 yards. Anthony Ayala, the Canutillo, a five-yard touchdown run, and Knox added a four-yard touchdown run for the Eagles. Knox was a 9 of 13, 160 yards passing, three touchdowns, and one touchdown run. L.J. Martin, 16 carries, 250 yards rushing, and touchdown runs of 98 and eight yards, and one TD reception of 30 yards. Arreola caught four passes for 108 yards and two touchdowns. The scoring for Andres, Malcolm Anderson, Touchdown runs of 39 and 3 yards. And Elias Duncan also had a one-yard touchdown run. Duncan was 10 of 22, 150 yards passing, and he had 35 yards rushing on four carries. Anderson, 13 carries, 92 yards rushing, and two touchdowns. Canutillo is now 5-2 and two overall, 2-0 two and oh in district, and they'll host Chapin next Friday. Andrews falls to 2-5, and 1-1 one and one in district, and they're at Jeff at Jefferson next week. The final once again in Northeast El Paso, Canyon Teal 49 and Andres 20. I mean, and uh, let's get out to Adrian Broadus, East Lake Franklin. Franklin up 26 12. That was about three minutes left to go. That's got to be close to over. Adrian? Hey, guys. Two minutes left in this game. Cougars up 26 12 against the East Lake Falcons. Now, there have been three turnovers on downs in this game, two fumble turnovers, a block punt, and a safety in this one. Franklin drove it all the way down to the East Lake 23 yard line. It was a turnover on downs, and the Falcons have a little bit of life down two scores. They've got two timeouts left, and they're driving near midfield. Franklin was just called for a roughing the passer penalty, and as a result, the refs are keeping this game alive. So we've got two minutes left here in the game as the Franklin Cougars lead the East Lake Falcons 26 to 12. All right, thank you, Adrian. Let's get out to Jeremy Caronco right now for a final update on his Burgess-Chapin game. Jeremy? It's a final here from Irvine Memorial Stadium. Chapin defeats Burgess 40-7. to For the Huskies, moving to 3-4 and and 2-0 and in district play. And how about next week? Kenny Teal and Chapin in a fantastic game with two undefeated teams now. And leading the way for the Chapin Huskies, Davion Singleton, the freshman, now 3-0 and as a starter on the quarterback side. 15 out of 21 through the air, 234 yards and four touchdowns. Those receivers, Anthony Rivera was one, 38 yards and a touchdown. Savion Jordan, the leading receiver for the Huskies, 112 yards tonight and two touchdowns. And Brent Hallman, his best night as a Husky, 82 yards and a touchdown on three receptions. 400 total yards for the Huskies. Savion Jordan, uh, sorry, uh, Davion Singleton, also 99 yards rushing on the ground. For the Burgess Mustangs, disappointing start. Worst start since 2014 for Burgess to 2-5 and five and 0-2 oh and in district play. Andrew Rutledge, though, did find a touchdown late 
to Adrian Gomez for a 49-yard score, Rutledge 12 out of 19, 128 yards, and a touchdown. Ed rushing Caleb Hanna Jr. in his third start on the year, 93 yards, 14 carries for Burgess next week, 2-5, and five, disappointing 0-2. They will host El Paso. And as I mentioned, Chapin is facing Kenny Teal, a battle between two undefeated in 2-5A. So a final here tonight at a game that was moved to Irvin from Austin. It is a final, Chapin 40 and Burgess 7. All right, Jeremy, good job out there. Let's get out to Mountain View, Clint, for final wrap from Joe Rodriguez. Joe, you had a good one tonight. Thank you very much, Mark. All done here out in the lower valley where the hosting Clint Lions have defeated the Mountain View Lobos by the score of 20 Eight to twenty-seven, uh, an amazing game that developed here, especially in the second half, where the Mountain View Lobos came roaring back uh, to essentially uh, t- uh, tie the game, or not tie the game, excuse me, to pull the game even. But instead of uh, going for the tie on the extra point, went for the two-point conversion. Obviously, the players for the Knights were their two running backs for the Clint Lions. Alexis Fayades, he scored all of the touchdowns in the first half. He had a total of 13 runs, 13 rushes tonight for 138 yards and four touchdowns. And for the Mountain View Lobos on the other side, it was Gilbert Gilbert Gamboa who rushed the ball 18 times, 151 yards and four touchdowns on the night. For the Clint Lions, a total of 301 yards all on the ground in Typical fashion. That's the way Coach Martinez likes it. For Mountain View, uh, they were they proved out to be the balanced team that they that they like to be. Uh, they ran the ball 22 times for 165 yards, and then the quarterback Joel Padilla went 13 for 25 for 145 yards, 310 total yards of offense, 310 to 301 yards, even just like the score indicated. But, of course, uh, it was the Clint Lions that picked up the win. Next week, Clint will travel to Pecos, while Mountain View will host Fort Stockton up in Montana Vista. And uh, I guess that's it. Out here in the lower valley, the Clint Lions pick up their uh, third win of the season, first one in district play by defeating the Mountain View Lobos by the score of 28 to 27. All right, Joe, great job tonight. And let's get out to Steve Escajeda, Pebble Hills and Montwood. Steve, we didn't forget about you. We've got, uh, we just started the second half, 1047 to go in the third quarter. And uh, Montwood leading uh, Pebble Hills 21 to 14. Uh, as we said earlier, it's been the Isaac Galvan show, the quarterback for Montwood, uh, 15 out of 26. He just completed his first passer in the second half, 269 yards already in the ball game, two touchdowns and one pig. Uh, his favorite receiver has been Diego Oaxaca, uh, six catches, 128 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. And right now, Montwood has the ball that just passed midfield. They have the ball first and 10 at the Pebble Hills 41-yard line, looks like. There's, a, again, a player down on the field they're looking at. So be, uh, the officials have called a timeout. But, again, we just started the second half here at the SAC, 10-30. After going in the third quarter, Motley out in front of Pebble Hills, 21-14. to They're here in about two minutes. we got Adrian Broaddus on the line, Angel. Let's get out to Adrian Broaddus and our 915 Tours Game of the Week. Adrian. Guys, we've got just 40 seconds left here in this one. Uh, the Eastlake Falcons driving down the field, but the Franklin Cougars still leading Eastlake 26-12. to 
Uh, it, it's been Luke Lamelli, the sophomore quarterback to the East Lake Falcons, that is uh, that drove the Falcons team down the field. They're threatening on the Cougars' 13-yard line. Remember, they still have two timeouts, but uh, time is running out here, guys. As they're trying to punch one in and make this one uh, a one-score game instead of a two-score game. Luke Lamelli, the sophomore quarterback, is 17 through of 26 through the air. 243 passing yards, had a great game. It's just not able to capitalize inside Franklin territory, not being able to overcome the turnovers. That's been the big story against Eastlake. And uh, Luke Lamelli's pass on fourth down from the uh, Cougar 13-yard line is incomplete on fourth down, and that will be a, a turnover on downs. Cougars will take over and likely run this one out. So, again, I'm going to send it back to you guys. We've got uh, just – under a minute to go here at Franklin High School, the Cougars lead the Eastlake Falcons 26-12. to All right, thank you, Adrian and Paul. That's a big, big win for Franklin right there. But, and mostly because we've talked about teams, you know, that want to get in the playoffs. Franklin is not a team that wants to get in the playoffs. Franklin, the reigning District 1-6A champs, they want to be district champs again. That's their goal. I think that's their goal uh, most every year. And they have their destiny in their own hands. Remember, their one loss was to Montwood. That's a team that's going to wind up, well, you know, they got a real shot at Pebble Hills tonight at the upset. But that's a team that's really fighting for fourth place in the district. Franklin's looking at teams like Eastwood. They're looking at teams like Pebble Hills. And they were looking at a team like undefeated Eastlake tonight. Well, they took down Eastlake. Pebble Hills and uh, Eastwood are still on the agenda, and Franklin wants to just run the table on that one, finish the season with one win. Maybe somebody's tied with them, but they can look at themselves in the mirror and say, we beat all these dudes we're tied with. You know, we're, uh, we're the champs of this district, whether we're tied or not. Let's go down your scoreboard right now. We've got a lot of games that are final. Pebble Hills and Montwood. Montwood up 21-14. That's the second game of a double hitter. I had to sack about 10 minutes left to go in the third there. In the first game, it was America's 49, El Dorado 42. And like we were just talking, Franklin holding on to a 26-12 lead with 46 seconds left in the game and possession. So it looks like they're going to pull that one out, and that's a big win for them. It was all candy Teos. They defeated Andrews 49-20, and Chapin destroyed Burgess 40-7. to Burgess finally getting on Scoreboard in about the last five minutes. El Paso High 21, Jefferson 15, and a big win for El Paso High. All Riverside as they defeated San L.A. 51-6. And in a great one down at Clint. Clint holds Mountain View off and wins 28-27. Mountain View going for two within one minute left to play and couldn't get it. It was Pecos defeating Fabin 16-14. And last night, Eastwood defeated Socorro 57-7, and Bowie defeated Irvin 28-21. Gatson up 44-zip that game in the fourth quarter over Chaparral. Let's take a break right now. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso.
All right, welcome back to Football Friday Night. We got a little action going on out at the sack between Pebble Hills and Montwood. Let's get out to Steve Escajeda. Steve? Some counting here left to go. We've got six minutes and counting here in the third quarter. It is now Pebble Hills 21, Montwood 21. Pebble Hills scoring on a uh, Zarian Quarles three yard run, just pounding it in there. Uh, to tie the ball game up uh, right now, like we, like you figure, right? Mallwood now is uh, trying to answer. They're down to the. Uh, they've got a first down at the Pebble Hills 40-yard line and, and uh, moving. Uh, but again, quarrel so far in the night for Pebble Hills. Uh, 12 carries, 79 yards, and that touchdown. And again, Pebble Hills leading heavily on that running game. 195 yards on the ground tonight. Only two yards still through the air. So 525 and counting. Again, Montwood trying to answer. They're at the Pebble Hills 40-yard line. First and 10 from there. It is, uh, again, five minutes to go in the uh, third quarter. Pebble Hills 21, Montwood 21. All right, Steve, why don't you just stay on hold? We're going to go to Adrian Broadus and get Adrian out of that uh, Franklin-Eastlake game. That game has gone final. So, Paul, did you want to add something? Yeah, just a name we haven't heard in about six weeks. Zarian Quarles, the sophomore running back for, Mon- uh, for, uh, 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 for Pebble, and uh, he was their starter. You know, as I said, went down week two, and like I said, we've been waiting on him ever since. Sam Chacon, Jacob Ledesma picked up the slack, but uh, Pebble's got to be happy to have him back in there. They're going to need him in, in this nip-and-tuck game, 21-all, going to the fourth. All right, let's go to Adrian Broadus on our 915 Tours Game of the Week, Eastlake and Franklin. Adrian? Hey, guys, it's all a final here at our Game of the Week. The Franklin Cougars beat the Eastlake Falcons 26-12 to to keep their district title hopes alive. The Franklin Cougars were led by quarterback Shea Smith. Going into this game, over 1,200 passing yards, 18 passing touchdowns, and two interceptions. Well, he added three passing touchdowns today, making his total on the year. 21 passing touchdowns. He had 315 passing yards through the air, 18 of 30 through the air, and also contributed with 86 rushing yards to go along with his play. You look at wide receiver Bo Sparks. He hasn't gotten a lot of love uh, throughout colleges, but what a game he had tonight. Nine catches, 161 receiving yards, two touchdowns on the night. Just an amazing performance by the senior standout. And then you look on the Eastlake side of things, I really like what sophomore quarterback Luke Lamelli has been doing through the air going into this game, over a 1,000-yard passer. He finished this one 243 through the air. He also contributed with 17 through 26 through the air. You look at Isai Perea. He contributed seven catches, 118 receiving yards today. And defensively, Franklin, just all over the place. Jordan Morales with a block punt. You had a safety Bo Sparks with two fumble recoveries as well. Uh, also, you look at a big sack by Nick Garcia, a huge one on the night as well to go along with it. Um, yeah, actually, hey, uh, I've got some uh, live action. I've got uh, both Bo Sparks and Shea Smith with me. Going to uh, do a little crosstalk interview with, uh, with them, if that's okay with you guys. Sure, go right ahead, Adrian. All right. So I've got uh, senior wide receiver Bo Sparks along with junior quarterback Shea Smith with me uh, here uh, live at Franklin High School. We'll start with you, Bo. A big game, nine catches, uh, over 100 receiving yards, two touchdowns, and then also two fumbles on the defensive side. What was today like for you guys? Man, it was just a battle, man. Two good teams going at it, and we came out on top. So it was just a great game, great environment. Fun. Love the game. How big is this game for you guys? You guys dropped the game against Montwood. You have the bye week to kind of uh, refocus, and then a huge one with district title implications on the line. I mean, this is a huge week. Um, 
against Montland, we just played bad. We just had a bad week, and then we we came together as a team, bounced back, and got it done. So, what can you say about your quarterback Shea Smith right here? Man, me and Shay playing the work in the off season every day, worked out on the field every day, and we just they shows on the field our chemistry and just a great player made big time plays. How about that 62-yard touchdown connection? He threw that. He threw that one to the moon, and you caught it. Hey, I just told Shay out of half. We were, we saw the post is open there in cover two, so we were like just run post post. And I told Shay just trust in me, and he just threw it, and I came down with it. Bo, thank you so much. Uh, let's go over to Shay Smith, junior quarterback. He's uh, been outstanding all year long. 315 through the air, three touchdown passes as well. Shay, what was today like for you? It was amazing, you know. Uh, our team did amazing. You know, we we prepared for this game. You know, the whole week, everybody was battling out in, the, in practice. You know, we needed this win. You know, um, we needed to be on top again, and uh, we just keep working hard and you know be humble and keep going. In the first half, you guys played really chippy. You know, you guys were kind of going short plays, short plays, just trying to get at the East Lake offense uh, defense. And in the second half, things really opened up for you guys. What was the difference in the second half offensively? It, it was. We needed we needed those uh, big plays, you know. It's like a boxing match, you know. You come out with a little jazz first, you come out with those big hits. So, you know, this is this is a very sophisticated game, you know. We need to get those yardage, then we need to go big over the top. So that's what we did. Turnovers on defense were huge for you guys. What did the defense do for you? Defense did amazing, you know. They did lights out. You know, they've been lights out all practice week, you know. Uh, they uh, they made us compete and during uh, all practice, you know. We needed that, especially a defense like that, East Lake. We needed that, so we competed very well. Pebble Hills next week. What's your thoughts on this one? You know, it's going to be another dogfight, you know. Um, we should work harder, you know. You know, uh, be humble. You know, we need to, we need to execute better. Yep. Shay, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Hey, that's uh, that's all with Bo Sparks, Shay Smith. Thank you guys so much. Uh, the Franklin Cougars, again, closing things out here at Franklin High School. They defeat the Eastlake Falcons 26-6. to uh, 12 and next week the cougars have the pebble hill spartans i just mentioned that on thursday and then followed by uh, the east lake falcons they've got a bye next week they also have pebble hills in two weeks so i'll send it back to you guys a wrap here from our 915 tours game of the week the franklin cougars beat out the east lake falcons 26 to 12 all right adrian great job uh, tonight in our 915 tours game of the week franklin defeats east lake 26 to 12 and right now, Pebble Hills and Montwood are knotted at 21 apiece with six minutes left to go in the third quarter. That, of course, is the second game of a double hitter out at the sack. America's defeated El Dorado 49-42 in the first game. It was Candy Teal defeating Andrus 49-20. It was Chapin up over Burgess 40-7. And in a good one over at El Paso High, El Paso High defeated Jefferson 21-15. Riverside all over San Eli, 51-6. In a great game down in the valley there, Clint defeated Mountain View, held on when Mountain View went for two and came up a yard short. They defeated Mountain View 28-27. to And uh, that's a district game for those two and a very important game for them, Paul. Yeah, with a doubt, without a doubt. But of the games you just uh, uh, went across, uh, the one that I'm looking at right now, again, is that Franklin game. A huge, huge victory for Franklin. 26-12 over Eastlake. And the thing I'm looking at, of those 12 points for Eastlake, remember, they returned the opening kickoff of the night for a touchdown. The Solis kid, 84-yard touchdown return. Their next points came on a safety, that Eastlake defense, which I think we got to call them the, the best in the city at this point. 
but they they force a safety, so that's nine. The only points generated from the East Lake offense tonight, a 40-yard field goal from the senior kicker Julian Murillo. Otherwise, the Franklin defense, a team that gave up 43 points two weeks ago, their last game, uh, at the sack versus Montwood in that 43-42 loss. Uh, you talk about reality check. I know Eastlake can't throw the football the way the Montwood Rams do, but they are still formidable, formidable, and this Franklin defense showed up and was really lights out. Big win for Franklin tonight. They take on Pebble Hills next week. That will be a good game also. we got Steve Escajeda on the line. Let's get out and get a re- Let's get an update on his game. It was 21-21 with six left to go between Pebble Hills and Montwood. Steve? We've got 128 to go in the third quarter. Uh, Montwood has now taken a 28-21 lead on a touchdown pass. What else? Isaac Galvan, 25 yards to uh, Caleb Alvarez to make it 28-21. But now uh, Pebble Hills is looking at a fourth down at the Montwood five-yard line, fourth and three, trying to trying to answer, and there's going to be a flag. It's going to be procedure on uh, Pebble Hill. Somebody on the line moved early. Uh, that's going to make it a uh, fourth down and eight yards to go. And in fact, now here comes the field goal team to uh, try to get a little bit closer. Uh, Pebble Hill got there on, on a 66-yard completion from uh, Ochoa to uh, Jaleel Bost, set them up at the Montwood 13-yard line. That's how they got here so quickly. Uh, we're, they're going to go ahead and give it a, uh, a try from uh, like 17, uh, 27 yards out. And the snap is down, the kick is up, and the kick by Pebble Hills is good. That is Aaron Ortega with a 27-yard field goal. That makes it 28-24, Montwood, with one minute exactly to go in the third quarter. Um, again, really, really good ball game, but some crazy numbers by uh, Isaac Galvan, the quarterback of Montwood. 18 out of 31 so far, 327 yards, three touchdown passes. He does have two interceptions as well. Uh, Diego Oaxaca, eight catches, 161 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, again, both teams, teams going back and forth. And uh, prior to that 66-yard completion by Pebble Hills, they'd had one all night for just two yards. And again, that big uh, completion set them up at the Montwood. 13-yard line, which led to that 27-yard field goal. So we've got one minute to go exactly in the third quarter. We're going to have a great one tonight, looks like. It's Montwood 28, Pebble Hills 24. All right, thank you, Steve. You're the only show on the road right now with uh, all the games final. Padres holding on to a 2-1 lead. I think it's the top of the eighth, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds about right. Dodgers. I, I tell you what, uh, we just I think we just saw a uh, a football coach who's confident in his team and, and really, I think, shows some maturity. You're down uh, seven. You got fourth and a little bit of distance. Chip shot range. You decide to opt for the field goal. Get those three points. So at least now when you score that touchdown that you're going to need to score, you're not looking to score to tie anymore. You're looking to score and take the lead and ultimately uh, win the contest. 28-24, one minute left to go in the third quarter. Montwood up over Pebble Hills. Let's take a break right now. You're listening to Football Friday Night, 600 ESPN El Paso.
All right, welcome back to Football Friday Night. Everything's final except for one game right now. That's Pebble Hills and Montwood, the second game of the sack. First game was uh, America's 49, El Dorado 42. America's goes to 3-3 three and three and stays in the hunt there in the 6A. The Montwood-Pebble Hills game, the second one, Montwood up 28-24. We're going to get out Steve Escajeda shortly. In our 915 Tours game of the week, it was Franklin 26-12 winners over Eastlake. That's their first loss. Puts Franklin in the driver's seat right now. Kenya Teal all over Andrews 49-20 and Chapin all over Burgess 40-7. El Paso High defeated Jefferson 21-15. Riverside track meet over at San, down in the valley there as they defeated San Eli 51-6. And a great one out at Clint. As Mountain View comes up one yard short mm. when they went for due inside one minute. And Clint held on to beat them 28-27. And a big win by Pecos, 16-14 to on over Fabens in a game I don't think anybody wanted to win. <laughs> Eastwood defeated Socorro last night, 57-7. And Bowie defeated Irvin, 28-21. And Gadsden was up 44-zip in the fourth quarter. Paul, you got anything you want to add? Yeah, just a little Monday morning quarterbacking. I mean, anytime something doesn't work out, uh, you know, it's no guts, no glory these days. Uh, uh, high school teams, and it's rubbing off on the colleges as well. And you even see it some sometimes in the in the pros. You know, let's go for the win. Let's show confidence in our team. Let's be aggressive. Let's make aggressive mistakes. Well, Mountain View made an aggressive mistake. All I'm looking at is uh, halftime. What was the score at half? Was it 28 to nothing? It was 10 to 6. Well, I'm sorry. It was 28 to 7. Yeah. Well, at one point it was tw- – okay, uh, well, I remember uh, 28, 28. The Piyanis kid had four touchdowns. Mountain View with a big comeback. You were down, okay, at the very least 28 to 7. You were down. All of a sudden it's 28 to 27, and we're going to go for the win. Man, the momentum is already on your side, my friends. You've scored, what, 21 points in a row? You are currently the better team with your backup quarterback who threw six interceptions a week ago. I'm not sure we need to win this right now. We've been kicking their tail for the last 24 minutes. Let's (laughs) kick the extra point, and if we have to go to overtime to do it, well, who is the team making the plays right now? We are. We don't necessarily have to gamble. And even having said that, Gil Gamboa, who had four touchdown runs, that's a big part of it. They had a lot of confidence in him. And that offensive line comes up about about a half a yard short or, or maybe a yard, and they don't get that that uh, extra point. They're down a point. Now they got to try and recover a third onside kick of the second half, and that uh, came close but just did not happen. I'm a momentum guy. Kick the extra point. Let's play this thing out and win it on the field. All right, let's go out to Steve Escajeda, Pebble Hills and Montwood. Steve? We've, we've got 840 and counting to go here in the ball game. It's still 28-24 Montwood, but right now Pebble Hills is uh, starting them on a drive. They've got the ball on their own 44-yard line, first and 10, uh, here near, near midfield. And, again, they've been running those – those uh, running backs, uh, this time they're going to hand the ball off again. This time it's going to be Sam Chacon. That's going to be a gain of about six yards, uh, making it a second down and four from the Montwood, well, from midfield, actually, from the 50-yard line. Uh, and again, uh, 28-24, 8-23 and counting. Uh, Montwood holding on to a uh, very slim uh, 28-24 lead 
But again, they're going to have to try to find an answer for this Pebble Hills running game, which is just uh, uh, gaining uh, four, five, six, seven, eight yards a pop. They, they can't seem to stop it. And uh, the only problem is that once Mama gets the ball, they can't stop uh, Galvan's arm. So here we go. Uh, Ochoa takes the snap. He's going to go ahead and pick the hand up. He says he's going to throw the ball over the right side. It's going to be complete. And that's going to be uh, cut by uh, Max Quinn. I'm sorry, uh, LB Marcus Torres, uh, right there on the sideline. Maybe a pickup of, uh, it's just going to be close to the first down. Let's see where they're going to mark that ball. And um, it's right on the marker. Let's see if they give him first down or not. They will. 7.45 to go in the ball game. And they, oh, in fact, there's a penalty on the, on the uh, Mawage defense. I didn't catch what that was. That's going to be a, I don't think, a personal foul, 15 yards. So that's uh, where they marked the ball, going to be moot. So that's going to bring it all the way down to the Montwood 31-yard line, where it's going to set up a first and 10 for Pebble Hills right there. Uh, someone did something they weren't supposed to for the Rams. Uh, no, no. Again, 738, the clock is, is uh, ticking. Here in the fourth quarter, Pebble Hills in the shotgun. Gail Ochoa waiting to snap. And he's got it. He's going to go ahead and hand that ball up to Levisma. Right up right up the middle, it's going to be another big gain of about five yards. Uh, yeah, five exactly. That'll set up a second down and uh, five yards to go down to the Mountwood 26-yard line. 7-10, 7-9 going in this ball game. Pebble Hills needing a touchdown to take the lead. And, uh, again, until Mountwood's been able to find, uh, find a way to stop this running game. Uh Pebbles might just go right in here and, and, just, and do just that. Here we go. Second down, about five yards to go. Ochoa is going to hand this ball up to the big guy. That's going to be Azarian Quarles. He's going to have a he's going to have a first down run at about the 20-yard line. And, uh, again, they're just getting these big old yards uh, every single carry. And Quarles is such a big man. He just uh, carries guys with him. And, in fact, he's so big, there's a Montwood defender on the ground, and he's staying on the ground. They're going to come uh, – Take a look, and there's going to be a timeout on the field. Uh, again, we've got 6.46 now to go in this one. Uh, Mountwood holding on to a thin 28-24 lead. Steve, stay on the line, and uh, when we start having, uh, when they get back to playing, just go ahead and interrupt us. We're going to bring Adrian Broadus on board here, talk a little bit about tonight's scores and also next week's, but you just interrupt when you're ready to go, and we'll get you back on the air. Adrian? Great job over in our 915 Tours Game of the Week at Franklin and East Lake. You uh, already did your final report on that. Franklin winning 26-12, to a big win for Franklin because that puts them in a very good position after that loss to Montwood. But I tell you what, they're waiting for another good one right now if Pebble Hills should happen to pull this off. Next week's Thursday night matchup will be a good one, and that will be out at the sack. Yes, obviously the the storyline going into that one is the uh, the head coach Darren Walker going up against one of his former offensive coordinators in Mark Torres in Pebble Hills and the Spartans. What a start to the season they had! I mean, 
before they uh, dropped their unexpected gate loss to uh, America's two weeks ago, the Spartans were just rolling on all cylinders. I believe they started the season 5-0. and uh, They had some really big victories. You, you look at their win against Canutillo. You look at their win uh, in dominant fashion against Del Valle. That's possibly two wins right there against two contending district title teams uh, in Canutillo and Del Valle. And now, you know, they struggled in that game against America's, and they ultimately ultimately lost in that one, which showed that Pebble Hills is vulnerable. They're on the ropes right now against a tough Montwood team that just doesn't want to go away when it comes to the playoff race. And next up, they have Franklin. Now, the Cougars want another district title under their belt. They want to repeat from last year and uh, see what they could do there under their junior quarterback and Shea Smith. Um, but Franklin is vulnerable as well. You saw how they kind of got into a shootout with Montwood. And I think Franklin's biggest issue is that when they get into games where they're starting to turn the ball over frequently, when they're starting to um, you know try to be too antsy and, and be too aggressive on plays, like going for it on fourth down in their own territory, that's when Franklin struggles. I love their game plan today against Eastlake. You're not going to get the big plays against the Falcons until you really start to pick them apart. And I thought Franklin did a really nice job in the first half by doing a lot of short plays, a lot of uh, you know five-yard plays, six yards here, six yards there. And it wasn't really the big plays until the second half when Shea Smith found guys like Bo Sparks for a 62-yard touchdown passer Elias Ranhel for an 81 yard touchdown pass that's when they got the big plays when they started to bring the safeties up for from Eastlake and they started to pick apart that defense I, I have faith in the Franklin offense now the Franklin defense stepped up today but that's that might be a little misleading knowing that Eastlake has struggled um sometimes uh when it comes to their offense and and, and I don't you know I wouldn't also count uh, Eastlake out of the mix as well. I think they're a team that could be still a contender for the district title if things break right. Like, think about if Pebble Hills were to beat Franklin and then Eastlake were to beat Pebble Hills. You know, madness can ensue after uh, the next couple weeks, but Franklin's put themselves in a way better position now compared to where they were two weeks ago when they lost that game against Montwood. So uh, I'm very fascinated by the 6A title race. I think you're, you've got three teams right there that can contend on any given night and can win the title. And then you have, uh, you know, three other teams, possibly four, who are vying for that final playoff spot. So it really fascinates me to see how 6A will wrap up. Well, with the big game on Thursday night between those two, Eastlake now can take a week off and regroup and then come back. And you got another big one over in the 6A, and it's kind of a must situation if Montwood is able to, if they get beat tonight by Pebble Hills, they're going to have to play Eastwood next week, which will be a big matchup for them. If they can't win that game, you can pretty much count them out. That's going to be no a doubt. fun one, no too. No doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Montwood Eastwood's going to be fun regardless, Adrian, because I think you have the two best throwing teams in District uh, 16A, maybe the two best uh, throwing teams in the city. They're going to put a lot of points on a board going, going up and down, uh, the two of them. The thing I like about Pebble, and you talked about it a little bit, they're multidimensional. I think they and Franklin have that in common. Franklin, Jordan Morales, a nice runner. That's a guy who could knock out maybe a couple of hundred yards every night, every game. And then you have Shea Smith and the Bo Sparks connection. Bowman had a, a nice game tonight as well. I think you have the same thing with Pebble. Tonight they only threw two passes in the first half. They're pounding Chacon. Uh, they got uh, uh, Zaharian Quarles back. Uh, they want to ground it out, but they, they can also hit you 
through the air. Jaleel Bost last week in, uh, in the loss to Americas, excuse me, two weeks ago. Bost had touchdowns of 78-79 and I think 48 yards. That's how they got their three TDs. So they're not really a passing team, but they can hurt you that way. They're not strictly a running team, but as we see tonight in the Montwood game, they can grind you down with those backs, big backs if they need to. I think Franklin and, uh, and Pebble Hills have that in common, and we're going to see them against each other next week. Let's go out to Steve Escajeda. Pebble was uh, driving on Montwood. They're inside the 20, I think, of uh, Montwood. So, Steve, take it away. We've got 354 to go in the ballgame now. It is now Pebble Hills 31, Montwood 28. Jacob Ledesma scoring from one yard out, uh, again, to get him that lead. Uh, both teams are getting back on the field for the uh, kickoff. Uh, now, Montwood, they've got a chance to score again, 354 to go in the ball game. Pebbles has not had an answer uh, for um, Isaac Galvan all night long. He's thrown for 368 yards and three touchdowns, and he's going to get one more chance here to try to give Montwood the, uh, the victory. Again, 31-28 now, Pebble Hills. There's the kick, and that kick is going to be taken at about, no, they're going to let it go into the end zone for a touchback, and Montwood's going to take over on their own 25-yard line. Uh, again, 3.54 to go. Uh, the, the big question is going to be whether they can stop Taliban in that arm. They haven't been able to all night long. Uh, Diego Oaxaca, 10 catches, 177 yards for Montwood. Uh, Jeremiah Steve, 5 catches, 103 yards. Uh, Caleb Alvarez, four catches, 49 yards, and touchdown. Uh, again, uh, they've got a big, big uh, job to do here, that Pebble Hill defense. And uh, let's see if they can uh, stop them at least one time. Uh, Montwood, again, coming onto the field, and led by their quarterback, Isaac Galvan. They're at their own 25-yard line. It's a first and 10. And now they find themselves trailing 31-28 to Pebble Hills. Galvan takes the, uh, the snap, and he's going to throw a pass right up the middle. It's going to be caught. That's going to be cut by uh, Brandon Saltello, the big tight end. That's going to be a gain of about nine yards. That'll set up Montwood second down and one at their own 34-yard line. The clock takes 335-334 in the ball game. Calavan looking over to the sideline for instruction. Got three receivers to the right, to the left side. Calavan awaiting the snap. He's got it. He's going to go. In fact, he's going to go that way. It's going to be cut by Oaxaca. Uh, quick uh, catch is going to gain about three yards. That'll set up. That'll make it first down for Montwood at their own. Now uh, we're looking about the 37-yard line. That's Oaxaca's 11th catch of the ball game, 180 yards. First and ten, Montwood at their own 37-yard line, 3:11 and counting in the ball game. They trail at 31-28 to Pebble Hills. Calvin in the shotgun, back to pass, looking, going long. He's got a man. That's going to be a touchdown. It's, uh, Caleb Alvarez got, in, uh, got behind the defense, cut the ball over the 30-yard line, and scored. That's going to be a uh, 63-yard touchdown pass from Galvan to Caleb Alvarez. And what did we just say? Double Hills has not had an answer all night long for that uh, passing attack of Montwood. And once again, they scored that quickly. That makes it uh, 34-31, Montwood pinning the extra point. Uh, Alex uh, Grajera is in there to attempt that. Let's see if he uh, can put Montwood ahead by more than a field goal. Waiting the snap. 
He's got it. His kick is up, and his kick is good. With 2.54 to go in the ballgame, back and forth we go. Mawin has just taken a 35-31 lead over Pebble Hill. Steve, how many timeouts do uh, both teams have? Right now, uh, Mawin has three timeouts. In fact, uh, both teams have, have all their timeouts right now, three each. All so right. that's not a problem right now for anybody. All right, Pebble Hills will get the ball and the kickoff. And Montwood have plenty up, of time. And have plenty of time. And Montwood up 35-31 playing for their district opportunities right here. Uh, no doubt. And you heard the name Caleb Alvarez, the big 63-yard reception. That was the missing name. Remember, this guy caught almost 200 yards worth of balls in that uh, in that uh, Franklin victory, if he hadn't had a, a 61-yard touchdown partially called back because one of his teammates came prancing off the sidelines to celebrate when he was still at the 10-yard line, but he would he would have had 200 yards in that contest last week in their loss to Eastlake. No, Caleb Alvarez did not catch a pass. I think he was 10 for 199 the week previous. Not a single ball in that loss. Totally disappeared. Well, he makes a return appearance tonight, and the Montwood Rams, when he's out there and making plays, Caleb Alvarez and Diego Oaxaca, they are the alphas of, of a very, very good receiving core. You just heard that tight end, Brandon Salcedo. Those guys do not drop footballs. Uh, they are forced to be reckoned with. I think Pebble wants to kill these last three-plus minutes and find a way to punch it in with maybe 20 seconds left on the clock. All right, let me run down the scores real quick, Steve, and we'll get it back to you. Franklin defeated Eastlake tonight, 26-12, in our 9-1-5 Tours Game of the Week. Of course, your game, Montwood up 35-31 with 2.54 left to go. Pebble Hills will have the ball. Canyon Teal defeated Andrews 49-20. It was Chapin over Burgess 40-7. Paso High defeated Jefferson 21-15, and it was all Riverside as they defeated San L.A. 51-6. Great one down in the valley. Clint defeated Mountain View 28-27, and Pecos defeated Fabin 16-14. I understand that San Diego defeated the Dodgers 2-1. So they're up now 2-1 in that series. Steve, have we started? Uh, have they kicked off yet? We sure have. Pebble Hills did pick the ball. They run one play. That was a 13-yard uh, rush by Jacob Lesma. That sets up Pebble Hills uh, first and 10 at their own 47-yard line. And uh, we're at uh, 235 and counting. Uh, that's going to be a carry by Quarles for three yards to put him right at the 50-yard line. Uh, that'll set up second down and seven from there. Again, 35-31 uh, Montwood over Pebble Hills. The Spartans have the ball at midfield looking at a second down and seven with uh, 215, 214 to go in this ballgame. Uh, Pebble Hills can move the ball, but they do it a little slower than Montwood does. So, again, they don't have a whole lot of time to play with. Uh, Gail Ochoa, again, in the shotgun, he's going to hand that ball up to Ledesma again, right up the middle, but he's going to be stopped for a short game, maybe three. And that's what we're going to give him, three yards there, down to the uh, Montwood 46-yard line. That's up maybe like a third and about four yards to go. We're under two minutes now, 142, 141 to go in this ball game. Hill needs a touchdown. They can't settle for a field goal. They're down 35-31. Again, everybody looking to the sideline as the clock ticks down, 130 and counting. Third down, four yards to go. Gail Ochoa waiting to snap in the shotgun. He's got it. Ledesma again up the middle. He's going to break it this time for a first down. Gain him about seven yards. 
That's going to put him at the Mountwood 39-yard line. Now, that's a big carry there. And it uh, looks like there's going to be a timeout. Uh, Pebble Hill going to call their first timeout in the second half. Uh, again, they're set up at the, oh, they marked that ball at about the 39-yard line of uh, Mountwood. First down and 10 from there, 114 to go in the ball game, guys. Well, it's turned into a good one. I can say that, Steve. I mean, this game is at halftime was 21-14 to 14, Montwood, and uh, Pebble Hills has fought their way back, take a 31-28 lead there in the fourth quarter, and then you turn around and Montwood goes down and scores on them 35-31, and it seemed like with ease, but now Pebble Hills is kind of doing the same thing to Montwood as they started that ball on, what, the 25-yard line and already down to the 35-yard line of uh, – Motwoods? Yeah, 39, I think I heard. And and the one thing the timeout tells me, uh, the, the first of their three, I guess, with 114, uh, these guys still think there's time to uh, run the football. That's what, what that's about. Uh, that's what's gotten them down here. That's what they're best at, even though they are able to throw the ball. You better keep your eye on Jaleel Boast and uh, Marcos Torres right behind him on that list of uh, eligible receivers to uh, check. But uh, they think they can still ground and pound with, with Quarles and uh, with Chacon. And okay, Ledesma. Back on the field now. Yep, you got that right. Okay, they're back on the field. Again, we're set the stage here. 117 officially now to go in the ball game. Ochoa, again, waiting to snap in the shotgun. He's got a running back each side of him. He's gonna, no, he's going to take the handoff. He's going looking up the middle. He can't find a receiver under a heavy rush. He's going to throw the ball out of bounds. Good move. And that's going to be incomplete. Uh, in fact, he almost ran out of bounds before he had a chance to throw it. He, did, he was able to get rid of it, but, uh, again, that fell incomplete, so that's going to be uh, set up second down and 10 from the uh, Montwood 39-yard line. One minute and seven seconds left to go in this ball game. Uh, again, Ochoa, not a great passer. He can throw it when he has to, but, again, uh, like Paul was saying, this, this team, their bread and butter is on the ground. And, uh, well, here we go. 107 to go, second down, 10 yards to go. Ochoa in the shotgun. Look again, no, he's going to keep it this time. Running up the middle, he's going to gain good yardage and uh, really just slithering his way down to the 28-yard line for a first down for Pebble Hills. Keeps the drive alive. We're under a minute to go, 59.5 seconds to go in this one. A player is down for Montwood again. That's going to stop things right now as the uh, trainers come out onto the field. So that's going to stop uh, play for uh, at least momentarily, 59.5 seconds to go in this one. They're going to mark that ball first down and 10 at the 28-yard line of Montwood. 35-31, the Rams holding on to a uh, very slim lead. And I've got to give you, well, we've got a moment here. Just some, uh, again, we talked about Al- uh, Isaac Alvan uh, pretty much all night long. The Montwood quarterback, I mean, what a ball game. 24 out of 38 on the night, 434 yards, four big touchdown passes. And uh, Diego Oaxaca came in uh, this ball game with some uh, incredible numbers. He's just adding to that. 11 catches, 180 yards, and two touchdowns. In fact, they have three receivers, Montwood does, uh, over 100 yards. Uh, Caleb Alvarez, five catches, 112 yards. And uh, Jeremiah Steve, five catches, 103 yards. And uh, both uh, Oaxaca and Alvarez have a couple of touchdown grabs each. So let's see again. Uh, Hill Hills coming onto the field. Uh, we've got uh, a second, uh, sorry, second down, 
and 10 yards to go from the 28-yard line. Ochoa got the snap. He's going to keep it. It's all straight. In fact, it's Ledesma. He took the handoff, and uh, he's going to down close to a first down right about the 18-yard line. And, in fact, they are going to give him that first down. So that was Ledesma for 10 more yards. Uh, he's gone over 100 yards. He's got 118 yards, in fact, in the ball game. Clock is ticking, 44, 43 seconds to go in this one. They're down to the 18-yard line, first and 10. Ochoa awaiting the snap. He's got it. He's going to fake a handoff. He's going to throw this time. What's the real level going to be? Almost caught in the end zone. They, they, they went for both. He dove for it, had it for a second, but couldn't hold on. That's going to be incomplete. Uh, 30 seconds to go in this one. That's going to set up second down and 10 from the 18-yard line. That was really close, guys. Uh, nice diving catch, but again, he couldn't come down with it. So it's going to set up second and 10. 30.4 seconds to go officially. And uh, Oaxaca, again, uh, I'm sorry, Ochoa, uh, almost had himself a touchdown pass. Second and 10 from the 18-yard line. Ochoa waiting the as the snap. He's got it. Looking, looking, he's going to keep it. He's going to run up the middle again. Getting good yardage inside the 10-yard line. Down to the eight, and that's going to be a first and goal, it looks like. 23 seconds to go. They've stopped the clock for the first down. And, in fact, there is going to be a timeout. Now it's going to be Pebble Hills. Yep, their second timeout. They've got one left. And uh, we've got 23.6 seconds left to go. And Pebble Hills has it first and goal at the eight-yard line. Ochoa, really sneaky, goes back to pass. He's done that several times tonight. Uh, again, look, doesn't find anybody. He takes off right up the middle. Uh, very slithery, just slippery. Uh, gets by guys. And uh, again, he's been doing that all night long. In fact, he's, got, he's up to 51 yards now on the night on the ground. He also has a touchdown uh, to go with that. So again, the Montwood defense coming out on the field. Pebble Hills breaking their huddle. 23 seconds left to go into this ballgame. Montwood 35, Pebble Hills 31. Pebble Hills needs a touchdown. Everybody's on their feet here at the sack on both sides. Both fans, both, both fan bases. Ochoa at the eight-yard lane awaiting the snap. He's got it. He's going to fake a handoff. He's going to run up the middle. He's going to be in the end zone. Untouched right up the middle. Touchdown, Pebble Hills. They take a 37-35 lead with 18 seconds left to go in the ballgame. Dale Ochoa, who's been doing all night long, went back a couple of steps back, kept it running right down the middle, untouched for a touchdown, Pebble Hills. 37-35, 18.8 seconds left to go in the ball game. Let's see if they go ahead and make this extra point. They make it a three-point lead. Aaron Ortega in for the extra point. Again, one guy from Pebble Hills running in late. Let's see, they've got about five seconds to snap this ball. They got it, they fumble it, but he picks it up, kicks it, and it is good. They fumbled the snap for a second, but he was able to get it down, and the extra point is good. 38-35, Pebble Hills, 18.8 seconds left to go in the ballgame. All right, hang in there, Steve. We want to see the kickoff and uh, what Montwood can do. Paul, good, great game there. Uh, I said they were going to try and score with 20 seconds left. I think it was 18 when uh, Gallo Choa crosses the end zone. Of course, not the first time uh, for that kid. Remember the drive he, he led against Eastwood a year ago. That's how he won this quarterback job uh, as a sophomore, competing with Jacob Ledesma over the last couple of years. So uh, he's brought teams from behind before. By the way, they had to go for two and get that one as well. One thing I was going to throw out, maybe 
uh, a, a mistake from uh, Mark Torres, head coach of Pebble Hills. You're up two points, 37-35. Yes, the extra point puts you up three, so in case they, in a miracle way, come back and get in field goal range, kick it, and tie. But when you kick that extra point, you are uh, there's a threat that that thing gets blocked and it goes back the other way, and all of a sudden 37-35 turns into 37-37, and then you can't live yourself uh, live with yourself for maybe another football season. <laughs> well, okay, it- so Pebble Hills guys is uh, getting ready for that kickoff now. Again, 18.8 seconds left to go in this ball game. Pebble Hills is going to kick it out to Montwood, and the Rams need a they need a miracle right now. Okay, there it is. The kickoff is going to sail into the end zone. So, ball was going to take over at the own 25-yard line. And, uh, you know, with uh, a lot of teams out there, I might see this, this whole team is over. But with uh, Galvan, you just never know. Again, we just saw him complete a 63-yard touchdown pass the last time they had the ball. So, uh, it's not inconceivable at all that uh, he could uh, work a miracle here tonight. Again, 18.8 to go in this ballgame. Pebble Hills up 38-35. Montwood. You believe in miracles, guys? We'll see. <laughs> At their own 25-yard line, again, they're in the huddle with their uh, the coaching staff, and now they're coming onto the field. What a ballgame we had tonight. Back and forth, great ballgame. Two teams putting on a show tonight. Uh, here we go. As you figure, Pebble Hills has guys way back, you know, trying to give them anything, nothing deep. They're hoping, okay, Galvan, in the shotgun, got the snap. Waiting, waiting, looking. He's going to throw that ball. It's going to be complete. It's going to be caught. Uh, in fact, they go ahead and uh, try to hook the ladder, and that's going to be uh, a fumble. And Pebble Hills recovers the fumble, and that's going to be the ball game. They tried that. They didn't complete the pass. But they tried that hook and lateral. Uh, that was not done very well. It was fumble. Pebble Hills recovers, and that's going to be the ball game. 9.5 seconds to go. They're going to shut on it. It's going to be over. Pebble Hills is going to come away with a 38-35 to 35 victory over the Montwood Rams. All right, Steve, you want to do a final wrap-up right now, or you want us to come back to you in about five minutes? No, we can go ahead and do that right now. Guys. All right, no go right ahead. And we'll let you uh, get out. Okay, okay, you got it. Uh, again, Pebble Hills is just going to take that snap and take a knee and finish his ball game. Uh, again, uh, Pebble Hills was led on the ground tonight, 118 yards by Jacob Ledesma, uh, and also uh, how about uh, 99 yards for Azarian Qualls. Uh, they, again, they were just relentless in that running game. A total of uh, 295 yards on the ground for Pebble Hills to only 68 yards passing. 66 of those came on uh, one completion to Jaleel Boost. And again, uh, what is this? Pebble Hills throws the football, and it's going to be completed at the five-yard line, that nobody expected. Again, they threw a pass and it was completed. They're going to mark it down at the four. I cannot tell you why they would do that, but they did. And now the clock goes, it runs out to zero. But that was strange. They did throw a pass, completed at the four-yard line, and now the clock kicks off and the game is officially over. And again, that's an interesting call there at the end. Uh, we'll continue with uh, some stats. Uh, uh, Dale Ochoa, a two out of nine tonight, throwing the ball for 68 yards, but he did also run for 51 and a touchdown uh, for Pebble Hills. For the Montwood Rams, uh, they were led on the ground by uh, Isaiah Claudio. Uh, he had 64 yards and a touchdown. The big man tonight for Montwood, uh, quarterback Isaac Galvan, 
uh, 24 out of 38 for 434 yards, four touchdowns. He did have two picks. Uh, Diego Oaxaca, 11 catches, 180 yards, two touchdowns. Caleb Alvarez, five catches, 112 yards, two touchdowns. And for good measure, Jeremiah Steed, five catches, 103 yards. Uh, great ball game tonight with the victory. Pebble Hills uh, improves to 5-1 and one in District 1-6-8 play and 7-1 and one overall. Montwood uh, losing a heartbreaker tonight. They fall to 2-3 and three in the league and 2-5 and five overall. Uh, as we've said a few times tonight, next Thursday, huge ball game. Pebble Hills will take on Franklin. Uh, that'll be Thursday instead of Friday, guys. And uh, Montwood, they've got another tough one next week, next Friday night, as they travel to Eastwood. Final score here at the SAC. What a ball game. It's over. Pebble Hills comes from behind to defeat Montwood 38-35. to All right, great job, Steve. Great game, 38-35. Pebble Hills defeats Montwood in our 915 Tours Game of the Week. It was Franklin defeating Eastlake 26-12. to Canyon Teo defeated Andrus 49-20. to it was Chapin 40, Burgess 7. Paso High defeats Jefferson 21 to 15. Riverside defeats San Eli 51 to 6. And Clint defeats Mountain View 28 27. And Pecos over Fabens 16 to 14. Paul, you have some scores? Longhorn distributing out of town scoreboard. There are some interesting ones. Uh, let's start with San Angelo Central. Uh, they take down Odessa 57 to 34. They stay undefeated in District 26A. But here's the one. Midland Legacy lost to Friendship last week. Only a couple of wins going to Ratliff Stadium. Odessa Permian and the old Midland Lee Rebels, now Midland Legacy, take down the Mojo 33-25. The final in that one, they come away with with a huge victory as a, as a team that, well, they were always going to go to the playoffs, I guess. But, wow, you, you just got to love the bragging rights over undefeated Permian, and, and they pulled it off at Odessa. Elsewhere, Friendship again with a victory. They stay undefeated in the district, 42-38. to A tough one, but they squeeze by Midland. A Thursday nighter, this was huge. Abilene Wiley takes down Wichita Falls. Ryder, 39-38 in that uh, 5A district. Lubbock Cooper tonight holds on, beats Abilene in a defensive slug fest. Is, I don't know, if, is there such a thing as a defensive slugfest? But if there was, Cooper won it 11-8. to you, you see what I mean? Uh, similar <laughs> Caprock-Monterey. They play defense in in this uh, 5A, excuse me, the 5A uh, Division One district. Amarillo Caprock holds off Monterey 14-13. to Lubbock Coronado in a Thursday nighter surprises Amarillo at Amarillo 28-17. to Elsewhere tonight, uh, Abilene Cooper. Takes care of Amarillo Paladuro, 50 to 14. Plainview gets rid of Lubbock, 62 to 19. Monahans in that District 1 4A matchup of probably your two best teams. Monahans goes to undefeated Fort Stockton and comes away with a victory, 38 to 29, as they take uh, the seat, the Catbird seat in District 1 4A. Uh, Clint also under. Well, actually, one and one. Stockton took care of them last night, but they slipped by Mon- uh, Mountain View tonight. And uh, Forson takes care of Anthony. In fact, shuts him out 37 to nothing. And Mark Miller, that is your Longhorn Distributing out of town scoreboard. Player of the game tonight. What Man, are you, you just. got some big stats out you there. You spring this stuff on me. <laughs> uh, player of the game. Well, let's go to the big game and the big drive. Gallo Cho has been there before. It's not necessarily a stat thing, but he's down four points with a little less than four minutes on the clock, 
And once again, I just love the maturity of this Pebble Hills team. And when I say maturity, we're talking about a bunch of juniors pretty much. Kyle Ocho is a junior. Marcus Torres is the receiver. He's a junior. Jaleel Bost Bost is an an underclassman. The running backs, we talked about Quarles. He's a sophomore. You know, Ledesma is is a junior. But they're a young team, yet they perform like they're not young. They, They perform like they're experienced, and they've been here before because they have been as sophomores. They came through then, and they come in, come through again tonight. Gael Ochoa leads the drive, finishes it off with an eight-yard touchdown run. I said they were going to do it with 20 seconds left. They actually did it with 19. Ochoa, again, leads the come-from-behind drive. And in the biggest game uh, of, of the night, I guess, the most exciting, Pebble Hills takes down Montwood 38-35. And because of that, Gael Ochoa, our offensive player of the night. All right, Paul. Good night. Week eight. Senior player of the night. Oh, senior player. Yeah, there's two because the guy who had the best stats – Actually in a big game, too, and that's that's what makes it legit. Kenny T and Andrus. Kenny T holds off Andrus 49-20, to and one of the big reasons for the second straight week, L.J. Martin back in the lineup. Last we heard from Jaime Chavez after his 98-yard touchdown run, 16 carries, 250 yards. Oh, by the way, also had a 30-yard touchdown reception. L.J. Martin is always money, and when they needed him tonight, along with that fellow senior Lorenzo Adiola, who had a couple of touchdown receptions, L.J. Martin... Our senior, and probably of every night, but definitely tonight, L.J. Martin, the senior of the night, week nine. All right. Thank you very much, Paul. Eight. Eight. <laughs> Been a long night. Yeah, boy. <laughs> a lot of stats thrown out there tonight. Great week of football, high school football, and it should be a good one next week also. Thank you very much for listening, and that'll do it for us on Football Friday Night.